1: I think I've got everything adjusted here now. <laughs> it's Thursday. I'm just kind of casually going, uh, you know, uh, just looking around. It's, um, Thursdays are wide open right now. Again, we still have some big gaps in our show from the, the world's greatest doctors panel. As all the doctors went off to do other things, messages elsewhere, you know, all kinds of media appearances. And, of course, Judy, uh, Mike of is at the Reawaken America Tour, something I hope to join. And I'm still uh, trying to make contact with a person, that, uh, Clay Clark, that uh, uh, operates that organization because I want to do something they've never seen before. In fact, I want to do something that nobody's ever seen before, and that is to actually write a bill in front of a live audience. Um, picking an audience rem- member um, at random, uh, you know, someone who has a good idea. Well, it's not random; it's, it's like uh, somebody who has a good idea that wants to write a bill. And the idea is to get them up at the table, and we'll get them a laptop, and they can uh, log in. And uh, we'll write the bill right then and there with the help of the studio and the studio, but the, with the help of the live audience. And again, this is, you know, like most things we do here, new, different, original, breaking all the rules, and we don't care. <laughs> that's, that's the whole purpose of Action Radio is to break the rules, and we don't care. In fact, I, I frequently say there are no rules here, and so uh, that's how it goes. So people, again, people are coming and going, and things are getting a little crazy. Um, Our our college student uh, Amber Kemper, who does the Constitution report, has a little too much college, so she's going to be taking time off too. So we have plenty of time. We have a lot of free time right now for anybody that wants to uh, give radio a try. You know, become a regular caller. You know, a part-time caller, a guest. I actually have a bunch of guests in the works. I've I've been talking to all kinds of new people with uh, fascinating things that they do, and to bring them to you. And and it's interesting that the whole idea of the show is kind of a dual purpose. So we've got on one side we've got the citizen legislation. I mean that's that's the that's the meat of what we do here. That's the real thing, uh, and most of that's done off the air, and so I don't talk about it as much. Today we're going to talk about it a little bit more. I don't, I don't always, you know, do my really, really chair. Um, a lot of we'll talk about all kinds of issues, things that are going on. But a lot of those issues lead to bills, and that's probably that's that's uh, that's exactly. But I'm not exactly, you know, there's no direct link to what we talk about. How it ends up as a bill, it becomes an idea. Someone presents us an idea. You know, it's just, it's a very, a very new, very expensive. And of course, that to me is what makes it fun, <laughs> you know, because I don't, I like not knowing what's going to happen. And and so, to sort of cool. you know, like yesterday, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: crazy. starting off with uh, all the kinds of information. And we had Wendy with the oh My God report. And then I asked Wendy if she wanted to stick around for a while and talk to John Gentry. And John is an interesting character. Uh, he's got the right of remonstrance. said it's a way to speak directly to, uh, to the officials. Um, Fact, I have questions about it. It was, it was interesting to present. Um, you know, I'm still going to do what we do here at Action Radio. In other words, write bills and have people copy links, send them to media and government. And that's basically it. So to be an activist here um, is very simple. You know, I was talking to our, our guest um, in the third hour, Jay Anthony Sanchez, uh, who, who's a lawyer, but don't hold that against him. He's a decent dude. And uh, one, one, of, one of the COVID good guys, you know, he talked about ivermectin back in March of 2020 before anybody else. And so uh, I was talking about hydroxychloroquine before pretty much. Well, yeah, Dr. Zelenko actually talked about it first, but uh, he and Dr. Didier Rue in France talked about it, and I picked up on them. I was like, oh, well, let's do this. Is thing. And so uh, they were the first because they're doctors, right? So they found that it worked. And then, of course, I, once I had learned it worked, I was like, oh, okay, let's bring that out there. And then, of course, the censorship began. And I haven't been hardly heard from since, but that's going to change. So we're working on on that. Twitter is is coming out, so we're getting a little bit more Twitter followers. We need to, more of you who are listening to the podcast just to go to Action Radio GP, Action Radio GP on Twitter. And the reason it's Action Radio GP is because somebody else beat me to Action Radio. Um, there's a little radio shop up in Minnesota that repairs radios, and they call themselves Action Radio, which is great, good for them. Hey, listen, no problem. We are not competing <laughs> in terms of uh, market share audience or anything like that. We're two, two totally different operations. So I'll give them a plug. Hopefully, they'll give me a plug someday too. But that's, um, but that's what's going on. So we have Jay coming on, and it's going to be interesting to talk to him. But I'll, those of us who are there early on, and in fact, there was, a, who was, I was watching Dan Ball um, this morning, actually, on One American News. They do a repeat at, at 5 o'clock morning. And he was head on these, those um, Christian, Christine, Christine something Bollinger. And uh, she was on talking about the films that they made, you know, how, how COVID shots have, uh, you know, gone to cancer and everything else. And that's what I think happened to uh, our friend of the show, Dr. Peter Pride, who passed away in August. And he was, he was reporting on national security issues with us for over four years. And he goes back to my W E B Y days. And so, uh, some six, eight months after getting a COVID shot, now he's no longer with us. No, gee, Greg, can you guarantee that's what killed him? No, but it seems like a pretty, pretty good anecdotal evidence that a lot of people who have cancer or had cancer uh, after getting a shot had it flare up and they're gone, you know, within five to six months that I do know. And so, uh, do I think that happened to Peter? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, and so, but uh, he was fabulous. And, and so we're looking again for a national security reporter. We had captain Tom Stewart for a while, was doing a defense report, which was fabulous. Uh, but he has uh, you know, all kinds of other things that he's doing. So it's like people kind of drop in here for a while, stay, say what they need to say and then uh, kind of move on. And that's fine because everything's podcast. So there's no requirement that people actually have to uh, stick around forever. And I wouldn't get the variety if I did. So, couple things have been going on lately. One, uh, Dr. Uh, Ladipo, yesterday, uh, unfortunately, had to cancel, and uh, I heard from from his folks, and so I'm going to get my folks to talk to their folks, and hopefully we'll get him back here maybe next week uh, or sometime soon. And so he wants to come on the show. I mean, I, I've been in contact, you know, Facebook with him, but he's not. Um, but uh, stuff happens when you're Surgeon General of Florida, so, you know, that takes precedence over coming on here. However, I do want to introduce him to some of our bills, hopefully to go to Governor DeSantis and from there to Donald Trump. Um, but at the state level, it would be very interesting to see if uh, um, Dr. Lotipo and, and Governor DeSantis would be interested in, in vaccine product liability at the state level. Uh, would they be interested in, in doing a big tech censorship bill that uh, takes away liability from big tech in the state of Florida? You know, I've already got a lawsuit ready to go. I've got a huge article on it. So, you know, that's, that's been done. But couldn't find a lawyer to take up the case. So, you know, you know how it goes, right? So, uh uh, I guess you know, and I, I'm still going to try. I'm going to try for a while. I'm going to try and t- contact the the National Trial Lawyers Association again and see if I can uh, attract their attention and get them lobbying on behalf of those two bills. Because you know, besides the altruistic reasons that it's the right thing to do, uh, that everybody should have product liability. If your donut shop down the street has product liability, then big pharma should certainly have product liability, All right. And besides the fact that it, w- it would represent billions of dollars in in awards uh, and settlements to the national trial lawyers, that's, that's a good reason to do it. But the better reason is because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do to open up free speech because that's what, what our country stands for. And that's what we do here, free speech. You know, Tucker Carlson says that's what America is all about. It's all about free speech. Without free speech, there is no America. Which brings us to our first article. Well, that was a neat segue. <laughs> so what's going on, the, the, there's this strange feeling in government. Uh, it's almost like, and this is something I'll be exploring further. I'll be curious to, uh, to get your opinion on this. The, the federal government particularly, the state government's not so much because they're in a state, they're, they're around a state, they're around state people. But the federal government is a bubble. Washington, D.C. is almost like its own country. And it's, a, it's a, if you have a, a government country, if a country's entire existence was its government, and that was it, everybody worked for the government, um, Money came in from somewhere else, you know, so call taxes like foreign aid, right? So foreign aid goes to Washington. It's its own country. It's its own government. It serves itself. It doesn't serve us. So the government in Washington has, you've heard the term self-serving, right? Well, let's let's carry it to the extreme. Let's carry it to the extreme that not only do they serve themselves, they don't even think of themselves as part of the United States. Because technically they're not. This is why D.C. can never become a state. So all this talk about D.C. statehood is, is irrational because it can't happen unless you amend the Constitution, which I hope you don't. But D.C. was set aside specifically to be independent of the states because the states ruled D.C. They ruled the federal government. So you want to talk about the rule of law? The rule of law is that the states ruled the federal government, and the way they ruled the federal government is creating this, was by creating the supreme law of the land, which is the Constitution. Now, the states have failed in their duty to enforce the Constitution upon the federal government. And we talk about this all the time. So that's the big thing that has to happen. And we'll we'll work on, on more of those things as we go. Because the folks in Congress are incapable of writing the laws that will keep us free. Because the states apparently are incapable of enforcing the Constitution upon the federal government, even though they have every right to do so. Because the courts have taken it upon themselves to make laws as they see fit, according to their leftist, wacko Marxist agenda. And the legislatures and the executives have seen fit to let them do it by not removing them and throwing their asses in jail. Um, You know, we have this law that uh, John Gentry mentioned yesterday. I've mentioned it, too. Title 42, no, Title 18, excuse me, Title 18, sections 241 and 242. Those are the guarantees against conspiracy to oppress your constitutional rights. You know, 242 calls for imprisonment of law enforcement, and 241 calls for imprisonment of anybody else, really, who violates your constitutional rights. And that includes government people. There's no exception for government in in that bill. So anytime the government oppresses your rights, anytime any government entity passes gun control, all their assets should be arrested for violating our constitutional rights. Throw them in jail for a year or actually up to 10 years. Fine them $10,000. $10, well, for those folks, for folks in government, it's the jail term that's going to get them. And $10,000, please, they work for the government. They got plenty of money. All right? so, uh, so that's the thing. But they, they really find – I think they really have now felt uh, – uh, there's been enough insulation in Washington that these folks feel that they, they actually are their own country their own self-spring country, and that they rule over the colonies. Well, the colonies are us, the states, all Right, And this is how they think, and this is how they feel. And so because of that, the Constitution is in the way. And so because – so they just rationalize going around it because they say, well, you know, we have to uh, – you know, we have to maintain control. It's, it's the, they don't say they have to maintain control, but that's, that's the underlying theme, which is maintaining control. Well, how do you maintain control? You maintain control – by having the people think that you're in control, which, of course, is nonsense. They're not. They work for us. They are subordinate to us. They serve under the Constitution and are subordinate to we the people. So we the people are in charge. But we the people have fallen down too, which is why I created Action Radio, so that we the people would start writing the laws that we consent to be governed by, give them to the government, and say, here, this is what we want you to pass. And if you don't, there's an election coming up. We can, we can judge you accordingly at that particular time. Just the same way as lobbyists say, okay, we want you to pass, you know, big pharma product liability immunity. Uh, Not that it's the right thing to do, but we've got the money to make it happen. See, that's the difference between them and us. We're the good guys, right? And when you're the good guys, you know, you get to say so. The bad guys never say they're the bad guys. They're going to try and convince you they're the good guys too. But that's the difference. (laughs) So, I mean, they're lying about everything else. Why shouldn't they lie about that? So the Department of Propaganda, the Ministry of Propaganda, the Ministry of Internal Security, otherwise known as the Department of Homeland Defense, which enforces the Patriot Act, which is really the Tyranny Act. Uh, everything in Washington is misnamed. And so this agency has decided uh, that through the disinformation board, which is really the propaganda board, that uh, the, the, the American public cannot be subject to misinformation. What misinformation is is anything that makes them look bad. Okay? So it, it is fascinating that in the grand scheme of things, this is what the government has now decided. So the First Amendment means nothing to them. Free speech? No. Free speech is not a concept. They don't care. Speech is to be regulated and to be uh, government-controlled because that's what government does. Well, they control everything else. Why shouldn't they control speech? What about the First Amendment? Well, what about the First Amendment? This is more important. It's more important for the government to maintain control by controlling speech to control the thoughts and ideas of Americans because Americans cannot think badly of their government. So the government that moves more and more towards tyranny tries to convince you more and more that they're really the government of, uh, of benevolence. It's really fascinating. I guess that's where the term benevolent dictatorship comes from, which is, of course, a joke, right? That's, uh, you know, it's fascinating how that works. Anyway, so this is what they do. So, so uh, in order to maintain control, they, uh, they push, push out this propaganda. And, of course, anything that interferes with their propaganda, with their thinking you know, that you think that they're wonderful people, um, it's like they want to be loved. It's, it's really weird, right? So you take the most insecure people in the world, the most insecure, power-hungry people in the world, put them in government. With, reinforce them with other insecure people, desperate for power, so they can feel good about themselves. Um, all talking about how free speech is only acceptable if it reinforces the idea that government is good. That's the only acceptable free speech. Well, they totally turn, turn free speech on its head. So free speech that goes against what they think they believe and what uh, their power base, you know, is somehow evil to them. Well, that's always been that way. That's the whole point of free speech is to criticize your government. What else are you going to do with, with government? You know? So government's a necessary evil to do certain things that we can't do for ourselves, and that's it. But they don't think that way. They think government is its own, its own entity, its own power source, its, own, its justification is that it exists. And uh, the way you increase you know, your own personal prestige and power is to increase government power. So they keep increasing more and more government power, and to do that, they have to have more and more propaganda, more and more lies built on more and more other lies, and those lies have to be enforced because you have to make people believe them. Well, how do you make people believe them? Well, you can't force them, you know, because people still have their conscience. So you do everything possible. You take out the people that don't believe, you know, you take them, throw them in the gulag. That's what uh, the D.C. jail is for. That's the political prison. All right. You take the people that uh, you make examples of them to try and scare everybody else. You know, and once everybody else is scared, then free speech becomes kind of like, uh, you say you have free speech, but you really don't. And this brings us to the, the article here by uh, uh, Ken scene and Lee Feng. And Lee Fang was on uh, Tucker Carlson recently. Right? So the article is from The Intercept, and it's called Truth Cops, Leaked Documents Online DHS's Plans to Police Disinformation. So you have to understand a couple of things. So we, we, need, we need some translations for you. It's like uh, whenever a Democrat says the greatest danger to democracy, okay? just substitute the word Democrats. All right? So they're looking for whatever is the greatest danger to Democrats. Well, truth, you know, justice the American way, uh, budget cuts, uh, restraints on their power, and things like that. But that's the best thing for us. So the best thing for us is generally the worst thing for Democrats who want power that they're not supposed to have because the Constitution won't let them. So what they want to do is convince you that they do have that power, that they are their own justification, that everything they do is for the good of you, even though it's for the good of them, that all power should be concentrated in the central government at the top in Washington, D.C. to rule over everybody else with the rule of law. Well, I hate that expression. I always have. The law does not rule. The law sets you free. That's the whole point of laws, is to set you free from the criminals, set you free from the corrupt politicians, set you free from the corrupt judges by punishing them when they break the law. That's what the law is for. The law is there to set you free. Okay? So the rule implies monarchy, implies control, implies dictatorship, implies tyranny. So there's no such thing as the rule of law if you believe in a free society. This may be new to some of you. Not, to, not if you listen on to you know, action radio on a regular basis, but the rule of law as a concept sucks. No, the law stands by itself. Laws are there to make you free, and if they don't make you free, they're bad laws, all right? So in other words, they take the, the actions that we as a society, society have determined are unacceptable. We make them illegal. We make these things illegal such that the people who do break the law, you know, they and that, that proves that they cannot live in a free society without uh, having some controls. And so we punish people who break the law with fines and imprisonment or warnings or other things and stuff like that. I mean, it's a graduated scale, all right? You know, from, uh, from a warning, you know, uh, traffic thing uh, all the way up to execution. <laughs> That's that range of punishment, right? Jail from, uh, you know, minutes to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. So those are the options. This is how we control people who break the laws, who break the laws to keep the rest of us free. So we are, ma- we are made free. We are kept free by laws. I know that sounds kind of strange, but it's true. This is the whole point of laws. The laws are so that you can go about your life freely. You can engage in commerce, you can work, you can raise a family, you can buy property, and it's still there you know, when you walk out the next morning. Your car is still there when you walk out the next morning because nobody stole it, right? So if you have a situation of complete anarchy, you know, then your car probably is not going to be there the next morning because somebody stole it, which means in anarchy, you have to spend all your time guarding your property and your family. So there's no time to do anything. So society dies because everybody's guarding what they have to make sure that the other, you know, everybody else doesn't steal what they have. And, of course, those folks are making sure that as they're stealing other people's stuff, no one steals their stuff. Well, that's anarchy. That's Black Lives Matter and Antifa. That's what they want, anarchy, to be able to build a Marxist society of total control. So you get through total control by way of total anarchy, and that's how it works. So um, there you go. (laughs) So that's why I have laws. Now, the, the government doesn't see it that way. See, the government sees laws as to how to control you. See, this is the fundamental difference between freedom, free people, and, and government control. And it's always been that way. It's, it's always going to be a war. It's always, it's always going to be a war between individual freedom and government control. So we have to win. So we, we need certain amounts of government control, but not to control the honest people. We need government control to control the criminals, including the, the government criminals. That's what it's for. And that's why we have it. However, they seem fit to do just the opposite. Look at gun control. Gun control lets the criminals go free and punishes those that it was intended to serve, the law abiding. But you cannot serve the law abiding by taking their rights away with law, which you can't do because the the rights are supreme to the law. But they don't see it that way, right? So government sees power as good to maintain the situation that's good for them so they have the least threat and they can have the maximum power. Well, the way you do that is to have people believe that you should have maximum power, which goes against everything we believe as Americans, which is why they're trying to destroy this country. See how it all fits together? Pretty simple, actually. Anyway, so the article was written recently uh, when we got here, October 31st, uh, 4 a.m. <laughs> is my latest timestamp here. And it says the Department of Homeland Security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech it considers dangerous. Notice that it says it considers dangerous. The rest of us don't care. Speech is never dangerous, you know, to, uh, to, uh, by itself. It's only dangerous to, to people that, uh, you know, are doing things they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> you know, free speech is not dangerous to action radio. You want, to, you want to criticize what I'm doing? I don't care. Go for it. You probably, you might be right. Probably are right. That's okay. We're open to free speech. All our bills are open to comment. You know, we're not hiding anything here. You know, it's completely out in the open. You either like our bills or you don't. You might like some bills and not like others. That's okay too. You leave the support action radio or you won't, but it's all free. You're free to do whatever you want. We don't place controls on anybody. We don't even place controls on what we do with our bills. You want to take a bill? You want to send it to, uh, you know, your aunt and uncle and that's it? Oh, great. I don't care. Go for it. That at least you've done more than most people. Most people don't do anything. But if you share the show, share the bills, share them with government, share them with media, share them with other talk show hosts, that would be great. Maybe they'll come join us. Maybe they'll become action hosts. So everything we do here is completely open. There is no restrictions on free speech at Action Radio because we believe in freedom. You know, and if you've got a better idea, great. Bring it to us. I'm not afraid of good ideas. Most of the ideas now come from other people. They started with me because I created this, this, this crazy endeavor here. But uh, the whole point of this was to create it so that other people would then join and they would contribute the ideas. It's not, it's not, this isn't an ego thing. You know, this is about, about your freedom. You know, I want to leave something behind. You know, I'm not going to be here forever. And I'd rather leave behind a free country than, uh, than a communist one. So let me see what I can do. And other people have joined, and let's see what they can do. And you out there can join, too, by sharing bills and sharing uh, shows. We'll let's see what you can do. But, Greg, I'm only one person. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm one person. And look where we are. Back to the article. Quietly brought in a separate curve of free speech it considers dangerous. An investigation by The Intercept has found years of internal DHS, that's the Department of Homeland Security, DHS memos, emails, and documents obtained via leaks, which are the good people out there. Those are the whistleblowers, right? So leaks leaks mean two things. One, Somebody is uh, in the Trump administration, they're trying to betray the Trump administration, usually, and get things out to embarrass them and and control them because you're a deep state operative within the Trump administration. Leaks in a dictatorship, like we have now, are designed to stop it. So leaks can be good or bad, depending on who's doing it and for what purpose. All right. So years of internal DHS, memos, obtained via leaks and an ongoing lawsuit, which would be interesting, as well as public documents illustrate an expansive effort by the agency to influence tech platforms. This is fascism. This is what fascism is. Fascism is the, the melding together of government and corporate for the purpose of oppression of the people. That's what fascism is, okay? Fascism is not Donald Trump. Fascism is fascism Let me start again. Fascism is not even quote right wing. Fascism is left wing. Because anytime you have control it comes from the left. You guys know your political scale? Anarchy on the right, you know, control on the left. All right. Maximum control is obtained by Maximum uh, government, totalitarian dictatorship, uh, fascism, Nazism, communism, socialism are all on the left. They have to be by definition. Right? So anybody that tells you, you know, Nazis are on the right or fascists are on the right, is lying. They're either ignorant or, or willfully lying to you, you know, they're, or they're lying by not knowing it. But it's very simple. Anybody can explain why I just explained. Control's on the left, anarchy's on the right. We explained anarchy already. You know, now we're going to get into control. Control is the government, you know, maintaining an illegitimate power. By convincing you that they're the good, they're the good people, and it's just simply not true. So it says the work which remains unknown to the American public came into clear view earlier this year when DHS announced a new quote disinformation governance board. And that is a panel designed to police misinformation, which they call false information spread unintentionally. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what do you mean false information spread unintentionally? Why would you spread? Why would you spread? First of all, if you knew it was false, you wouldn't spread it. Because right? that would be stupid. Why would you spread false information? You're not going to get anywhere. You're a liar then. Right? So, but what they, what they consider false information is anything they disagree with. So here's the weird thing about what they call disinformation. Disinformation is an old spy term. And where it comes from is, is like in World War II, for example, D-Day. D-Day was uh, – well, there, there are two things going on in D-Day. One was an invasion of Normandy and, and the beaches there um, in, on, on the coast of France. And that was, that was the real operation. But also going on with D-Day was a disinformation, in other words, false information campaign to convince uh, the, the Nazis that the invasion was going to come at Calais, which is much closer to England. It's the closest point to, between England and France in the English Channel, and that Patton was going to lead the invasion. So they made this. So Patton was actually in charge of a fake army. They had paper, literally paper, <laughs> you know, tanks, airplanes. They made a false. Um, you know army and, and so when the planes flew over you can tell the difference now satellite satellite imagery today That wouldn't work, but in World War II it worked just fine So the Nazis were convinced the invasion would come at Calais. Well, why would you do that to divide your forces, right? Especially you put the most forces at the place where you're landing um, Where you're not landing So that was that that was a disinformation campaign that was purposeful Willful trying to to convince the Nazis that the invasion was going to take place at a place other than where it actually was going to take place I mean, why would you take the long way across the channel? So it was very plausible. It was a plausible lie. That was disinformation. That was willful trying to uh, uh, inform the Nazis to try and have them believe, make them believe something that that patently wasn't true, through deception, through lies. What's well, warfare? What do you expect to go on? Sun Tzu said, "All war is deception." Well, the government has taken that to their war with us. That's what they think of. They think of their island, their government, their 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 government country, their government country in D.C. needs to be defended against the states. In other words, they are colonies. So if you think of them as the central, as, the, as basically the dictatorship ruling with the rule of law that they make up, you know, whatever suits them over us, the colonies, you know, in other words, Florida, Georgia, you know, Alabama, you know, Michigan, California, Maine, you know, um, you know North Dakota, you know, the, those are the colonies to Washington. So we are the colonies. And of course, the colonies deserve to be taxed heavily. I mean, they're behaving exactly as, as King George III did. You know, when we went to war with them. Well, I don't want to go to war with the federal government. I really don't. Um, Because a lot of people are going to die for no reason. They want to go to war with us. That's why they're building up, you know, 287,000 armed uh, bureaucrats. So they have the world's largest bureaucrat army. And they have uh, probably half a million to a million guns and billions of rounds of ammunition. For what? They're not even allowed to be armed in the first place by the Constitution. So that should tell you something. So it's like Nazi Germany, before they attacked everybody else, they, they secretly armed. Well, our government is secretly arming. Everybody knows it's not so secret anymore. Um, Andrew Andrzewinski, sorry, Andrew, I've uh, opened the books, uh, had a, did a huge report on the militarization of America. This is, not, this is not a secret, right? And that's not disinformation, that's information. They're not trying to deceive you, they're trying to tell you the truth. But Homeland Security might label that disinformation simply because it makes them look bad. They don't want you to know. They have hundreds of thousands of armed agents, you know, uh, a mil, you know, several million guns and billions of rounds of ammunition. That would that might upset people. Why do you think I have a bill to disarm them? That's going to upset them. You know, I hope I upset them. That's the whole point. They have power they shouldn't have. Anyway, so th- let's get back to this. So the work, much of remains unknown to the American public, came into clear view this year when DHS, okay, disinformation board, that okay, I read that, read that, read that. Oh, here we go. Uh, the Disinformation Governance Board, a panel designed to police misinformation, in other words, stuff they don't like, um, disinformation, which is false, you know, they always said that, and so you got uh, misinformation, which is false information spread unintentionally, disinformation, which is false information spread intentionally, which is, that was the D-Day scenario I just went over, and malinformation, which is factual information shared typically out of context with harmful intent. Let me go over those again, because this is this is kind of interesting. All right. So the Disinformation Governance Board, a panel designed to police misinformation, that's with an M, M as in mama, <laughs> misinformation, which is false information spread unintentionally. Disinformation with a D, that'd be Alpha Bravo, that'd be Delta. You know, D, uh, Delta. Disin- what was M in the, in the, I forgot what M is in the, uh, um the phonetic alphabet, the military alphabet, N is November. Mike, so that would be misinformation, M for Mike. Disinformation, D for Delta, is false information spread intentionally. That's dis- so this is now, if you're spreading false information intentionally, they think of that as a crime. <clears throat> Even though the information may be true, as far as they're concerned, they consider what is false information is stuff that they disagree with. So they were. So their standard of truth is whether they agree with it or not. Well, that's not a standard of truth. That's not, truth. Is an objective standard. Something is either objectively true or it isn't. How you feel about it is irrelevant. Okay. So truth would be the sun, you know, rose this morning. We had a sunrise. That's truth. Okay. Now disinformation, you know, if they say, oh, wait a minute, you know, we don't think it really happened because it was cloudy. <laughs> You know, or something like that. Um, so it, so if, you, if you say, oh, the sun didn't rise because it's cloudy. I can't see the sun. Okay. That may be misinformation. Disinformation is there is no sun. <laughs> okay. That will be spread intentionally. And malinformation, the new one, factually, factually information shared. I'm not sure the difference really because they say disinformation. So let me just do it real quickly so everybody understands. Misinformation, false information intentionally um, spread disinformation, false information spread intentionally, and malinformation, factual information shared. And this is typically out of context with harmful intent. Okay. And all that that allegedly threatens U.S. interests. Well, what they really mean is government interests. Okay. So think of the government, again, as its own nation, as its own country, as its own independent entity with colonies, with 50 colonies and some territories. That's how they treat us. All right. This is how the government thinks of themselves. This is what I'm now convinced of, that uh, that they consider themselves you know, a, a, a government country. Nothing like that has ever existed as far as I know, but uh, we're seeing the first one uh, emerge now. And of course they have to have all their power taken away, their guns taken away, their money taken away, and we have to return them back. We have to bring them back. They're, they're poor lost souls. We have to make them Americans again, you know, rather than uh, the nation of government. <laughs> That's what they are. That'd be a great article. I should write that down. Let me write that down. That's kind of cool. And if anybody else writes it ahead of me, you know, shame on you. <laughs> Let's call it the nation. Oh, that'd be a great article the nation. I haven't written an article for a while. It's about time. The nation of government. Oh, there we go. This is what happens with my ADHD brain. All right. Okay. There so we go. So while, while the board, this is a disinformation board, was widely ridiculed, immediately scaled back, and then shut down within a few months, other initiatives are underway at DHS pivots to monitoring social media now that its original mandate, the war on terror, has been wound down. Well, it's going to start up again when all the illegal alien terrorists start you know, committing acts of terror. So stand by. You know, stay armed, stay safe, and uh, stay out of liberal cities run by liberal mayors. All right. Behind, back to the article. Behind closed doors and through pressure on platforms, the U.S. government has used its power to try and shape online discourse. In other words, they propagandized uh, free speech, right? According to meeting minutes and other records appended to to a lawsuit, in other words, attached, right? Appended to a lawsuit filed by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, a Republican who is also running for Senate. Congratulations, Eric. Sounds good. Discussions have ranged from the scale and scope of government intervention in online discourse to the mechanics of streamlining takedown requests for false or intentionally misleading information. See if I can transfer that into English for you here. Um, so anyway, uh, government, so, so how much should the government intervene in, in social media? Uh, streamlining takedown requests. So in other words, getting the word to social media faster to take down things that they don't want you to see or know. That's what they mean by that. That's what they mean by, uh, uh, what is it, the mechanics of streamlining takedown requests. In other words, stuff that's going to be taken down. Okay? Quote here, platforms have got to get comfortable with government. It's really interesting how hesitant they remain, okay? That's Microsoft, right? <laughs> like Bill Gates, right? Microsoft executive Matt Masterson, a former DHS official, texted Jen Easterly, a DHS director in February. Well, obviously, these are some of the leaked documents. Isn't this great? So this is, so this is a good leak. This is when you're supposed to do. Leak on a government that's trying to take you over. So it says platforms have got to get comfortable with government. In other words, you know, social media has to be comfortable with fascism. That's just what that says. Right. and then, said, then they said, it's really interesting how hesitant they remain. Well, that's like vaccine hesitancy. OK, so in other words, they want you to do something. If you don't do what they want you to do, they're going to they're going to uh, somehow derogatorily label you because you're not conforming. So it's not the actual thing that well, they want you to do the thing, whatever it is. But the real crime is not conforming, not bowing to their power because they're they're the they're the nation of government and the nation of government makes dictates over the colonies. And when they say you have to do something, you have to do it. And if you don't, then they'll, they'll label you as something evil. You're vaccine hesitant, which means there's something wrong with you. All right. So, so the whole, this is the whole propaganda. If you don't take the vaccine, there's something wrong with you. And what's wrong with you is your free thinking and making a free choice. But that's wrong. See, in, in the nation of government, there is no free power. There is no free will. There is no free choice. They make the choices because we're the colony. We're the colony of the nation of government. So we're not the United States anymore. We're the United government. With colonies, maybe I should change change the title of the show. I think I'm onto something here. You know, but this is this is how I see this going, right? So let's go back to the article. Microsoft of executive Matt Masterson, wasn't oh, that interesting? Masterson. Okay, so he, he he's already got a bad name for government. Okay, former DHS official texted Jen Easterly, DHS director. Okay, here's another one. In a March meeting, Laura Demlo, D E H M L O W, an FBI official well, there's another corrupt agency that that should not exist uh, because they're not uh, authorized by the Constitution. FBI official warned that the threat of subversive information on social media could undermine support for the U.S. government. Think about this. Subversive information. This is sedition. You know what sedition is? That's when you criticize the government. That's what we call the First Amendment. The First Amendment makes sedition crimes illegal. It is illegal to make a law that says you can't criticize the government. The First Amendment was specifically set up so we could criticize the government. That's what free speech is all about. You know, I mean, who who's gonna punish you for exercising your free speech? Oh, if you insult somebody, they might either slap a libel suit on you or punch you in the nose, okay? One is legal, the other isn't. <laughs> okay, one's an assault and the other is a, is a legal procedure, right? So that's what you do when someone, uh, when you, you use free speech against somebody else. If you use free speech against a corporation, well, it's called a review. <laughs> Okay, yeah, look at Yelp, right? So for you, now they can still get you for libel and slander, and they can pick on you and criticize you, but quite frankly, there's nothing much to do because they're a big corporation, and if you freely say they're, they're, they're using bad products, you know, you know if, you, if you're big enough and powerful enough, they may haul you into court for libel and slander, but that's about it, okay? <laughs> if you criticize the government, they can throw your ass in jail. <laughs> they, can, uh, they can kill you secretly, you know, and no one would ever know, you know, put you in a gulag, torture you for, for a couple of years, like the, the people in the D.C. gulag, that's what government can do when you, when you criticize them. So, so criticizing people using free speech is not a problem, except when you get involved in government. And yet the First Amendment was set up specifically so you could criticize government with absolutely no repercussions. I don't know if you can slander government officials. Public officials too. And of course, you know, public officials have a higher standard. You want to criticize me? I'm a public official. I've got a radio talk show. So there's only so many things I can do. Of course, I, I, you know, if someone wants to criticize me, go for it. I mean, I'm probably going to invite you on the show, you know, because I, I believe in the free exchange of ideas. Okay, so criticism to me is not a threat. It's actually encouraging because I know more people are listening. So, you know, that's a good thing. But to the government. Now, listen to this threat of subversive information on social media could undermine support for the U.S. government. So not only are they requiring that you comply with the nation of government, they're requiring your obedience. Not only your obedience, your willing obedience. This is 1984. You have to love the government. You have to love the nation of government. This is what they're talking about, okay? So undermine support for the U.S. government. In other words, remember back in the Clinton days when Clinton was assassinating a whole community in Waco, Texas, you know, where he gassed them, burned them, and buried their bodies under the ground, and no investigation was done, and he's still running free. Uh, And all the other folks that are involved in that, the FBI who assassinated the entire community, they're still running free. Uh, Lon Horiuchi, the assassin at at, uh, Ruby Ridge, is still running free. You know, all the people, that the government assassins, the government murderers that killed the entire community in Waco, Texas, Ruby Ridge, and who knows where else are all running free. Okay? Do you think that might undermine support for the U.S. government? It certainly did with me. It's part of the reason I do action radio. Okay? So think about that for a second. So think about the fact that these people want you to love them. And if you don't love them, you're being subversive. You have to love your government. You cannot have anything that undermines support for the U.S. government. Well, the, the First Amendment is designed to undermine support for the U.S. government. Okay? The Constitution specifically ordains and establish, establishes the undermining of the U.S. government. <laughs> that's what this country is all about. And that's how we control the government. But see, they don't say it that way. Again, the nation of government. Oh, this is going to be a great article. I'll take it right from my, my, uh, uh, my podcast. I'll write it up. So the nation of government. By the way, this is dated in timestamp, so if anybody does it after this date and timestamp, you're too late. Obviously, I'm, you know, this is copyrighted material that I'm, that I'm saying now, so, so go ahead. Try and copy me. It's too late. Then I'll have a fat lawsuit and I'll make a fortune. You know, maybe I'll do something else. Who knows? Anyway, um, but the point is that, uh, that this is what they do. They want you to love them, and if you don't love them, you know they, they want to be loved. Bill Clinton wants to be loved. Barack Obama wants to be loved. You know, Joe Biden wants to be loved. You know, McCarthy and Mitch McConnell and uh, Kevin McCarthy want to be loved. Nancy Pelosi wants to be loved for for exercising power over you. This is the Stockholm Syndrome (laughs) on steroids. They want the entire nation to love them as they are our captors. That's what the Stockholm Syndrome is. That means if you're in prison long enough, you love your captors. You've become psychologically deranged. And this is what they're trying to do. And how are they trying to do it? By controlling the information. You see how this all makes sense? I didn't plan this talk this morning. I really didn't. I was going to read articles and go over stuff. But uh, I think I'm on something. And if you think I am too, give me a call. 215-383-3832. But they want you to love them. They want you to worship them. So that means they're gods. So not only are they a nation state, the nation of government, they're the nation of God government. They are their own God. And you have to support them. You have to worship them. And nothing can undermine support for the U.S. government. So anybody who says anything, like me, against the U.S. government and everybody else that says it, we are undermining support. That in itself is a crime. So it's a crime to not be obedient and love your government. That's what they're saying here. Listen to this. Let me say it one more time. All right? In a March meeting, Laura Demlow, an FBI official, warned that the threat of subversive information, in other words, sedition, criticizing the government, on social media, which is supposed to be social and free and open, right, could undermine support for the U.S. government. And this is then Demlo, according to notes of, of the discussion attended by senior executives from Twitter and J.P. Morgan Chase, what are the bankers doing in this? Stress that, quote, we need a media infrastructure that is held accountable. Accountable to who? Well, the nation of government. You know, that's who. <laughs> They're going to hold it. So you have to be accountable to the nation of government. So the banks and social media need the people to be held accountable to the nation of government. This is fascinating. So a media infrastructure. So in other words, the media is not a private organization. The media is not independent corporations. The media is not the guardians of freedom by chastising, investigating, reporting on, criticizing, and doing everything they can to those in power. That is the job of the media, is to control the people in power. These people see it just the opposite. The the, the job of the people in power is to control the media. So the media becomes a department of the nation of government. That's what they're saying. The media is nothing but a department of the nation of government. Therefore, social media, which is us talking to each other of the media, what the media presents, we're supposed to talk about the things that the media presents to us and love it. We're supposed to love the information that we get from the media. In other words, the arm of government that gets the information they want us to have, that we have to then dutifully show our obedience to the nation of government and the government media by saying on social media to each other, yes, we agree. Yes, we obey. Yes, we will comply. Yes, we love our government. Yes, we will worship the nation of government because the nation of government controls us, and they are benevolent, and they know what's in our best interest. And the nation of government will say they love us, but they really love power. We are their colonists. We are colonists of the nation of government. That's how these people think. I'm convinced of that. And I'll make sense now. And like I said, I didn't plan this talk. I really didn't. But this is where I think we are. It's a great article, by the way. It says, we do not, here's another quote, we do not coordinate with other entities when making content moderation decisions. And we independently evaluate content in line with Twitter rules. And that's a spokesperson for Twitter in a statement to The Intercept. We do not coordinate with other entities when making content moderation decisions. Well, first of all, why are you making content moderation decisions? Social media, you know, we have a right of free speech. And oh, so let me get the other argument, too. This is when they'll say. I heard this on, on uh, Fox this morning, and they were, uh, you know, I listen to a bunch of news sources, Fox News, Max, and uh, One American News. So uh, this is why I quote them all because I'm, I'm flipping around a lot. I wish I, I should have three TVs, right? You know, I have a sound thing. I can click whichever one looks the most interesting to me. But, let's talk about this a bit because this is this is really fascinating here. content moderation rules. Um, public accommodation is is the idea that if you're open to the public, you have to be open to everybody. If you are a restaurant in the segregated Democrat South, Democrat Party South, right. Oh, by the way, there was no reversal in the 1960s. The Democrat Party is still the same Democrat Party. They're just as racist as they were in 1619, just as racist as they were in the Civil War, creating the Confederacy, just as racist as they were during segregation, and just as racist as they are now. Nothing about the Democrat Party has changed. They are the party of racism and slavery. That's the way it is. Right? That's what, why do you think Democrats seek power so much? Because they think of us as their slaves. Well, think about that. How's that for an analogy? Okay. So the Decap Party of slavery is so conditioned to slavery that they don't buy slaves anymore. They just make the entire nation slaves with taxes, rules, regulations, guilt, manipulation, class warfare, race warfare, and everything else they do. You know, Take away your energy. Take away your independence. Take away your freedom. Take away your media. Take away the means of talking to each other, social media. Take away everything that we have so they can control us so that we will love them. We will love the nation of government. And you put this all together, it all makes sense. This is what they're doing. This is why, you know, what we need to do with Action Radio is so vital. And I don't think a lot of people see it, including me. I don't always see the – and I'm the one that created this (laughs) this thing here, right? And it is – I think the potential is so powerful. And at some point, it's going to be so threatening to government if you – yes, you, listening right now, you – share bills, share shows by the millions, which is what we need to have happen. Then watch what happens. If I'm suddenly not here, it will not be my choice. It'll be because they took me. Okay, And then someone else has got to pick up the microphone. I will pass the microphone on to whoever is next. It'll be your turn. And someone has to stand up and, and uh, keep speaking. And if enough people keep speaking, I mean, before that happens, you know, I hope we change the government, change the laws, change the people so we don't have to do that. I don't want to disappear. i got stuff to do. I want to go fly jets and have fun for a while. Can't do that yet. <laughs> got work to do first. You know, so, uh, so that's where we are. Anyway, so think about this here. So it says, uh, so they have to independently evaluate content. So they feel is not speech until they evaluate it. Think about that for a second. It, they think that their job is so important. It doesn't matter what you say. It is not speech until they have evaluated it and evaluated it based on what? Your obedience, your obedience and love for the nation of government. That's what it's all about, and they're all the same. They're all marching in lockstep, like Nazis, communists, fascists, socialists. They're all, they're all leftists. They're all marching in lockstep together. They're all saying the same thing. They're all clones. You know That's why you can play uh, you know, 50 newscasts, local newscasts, and together it sounds like one voice because they're all saying exactly the same thing at the same time, using the same words, with the same spacing, taking a breath in the same place. You know, This is a threat to democracy. In other words, it's a threat to the Democrat Party. Back to the article. There is also a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook. What? There is also a formalized process, an institutionalized structure, whatever it is, a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook? See, social media works for the government. Told you. Fascism. This They just defined fascism without knowing it. There is also a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled through a special Facebook portal that requires a government or law enforcement email to use. Think about that. If they want to cancel somebody. So some twiddly on Twitter could cancel the president of the United States with an email and you don't think the pen is mightier than the sword? <laughs> the keyboard is mightier than the pen. Think about that. And that's what happened. That twiddly on Facebook, that I mean on Twitter, that woman that was the executive, uh, I don't even think was born in this country, has no knowledge of what it means to be an American. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the majority of immigrants, of which I'm one, that do have a knowledge of what it is to be an American. That's why so many immigrants come to Action Radio. <laughs> because we know, right? But that person, that person that uh, thought it was okay Because they thought of President Trump as outside the government. Ooh, I think we're onto something here. Think about this. President Trump was not one of them. He was not a citizen of the nation of government. He did not want Americans to worship government and to be obedient and to conform and to proclaim their obedience through social media every time they went on it. President Trump was to them a colonist he was one of them he was a he was a slave to the system he was to be ruled over and that's why the little bureaucrats the little measly little pint-sized you know nerdy looking bureaucrats thought it was okay to defy the chief executive the president of the united states because trump to them was not them trump to them was a colonist he was a serf he was a slave his content had to be moderated in the public interest because it was disinformation, because it didn't support the government. So the government of Trump, the administration of Trump, was not supporting the government of the deep state, the nation of government. So the Trump government to them was a false government. So in, in response to the, what they considered the false government of Trump, they created a real false government. Are you following this? This is going to be tough, especially if you don't speak English in the countries that listen to us. So please get a translator. Slow down my speech and maybe it'll help. So the false government, the deep state who thinks they're the real government supported by the people and convinced that they have supported the people by, by forcing you know, love of the people through manipulation of the media and propaganda and everything else, you know, they thought of Trump as not part of them. So to them, the Trump administration was not an administration. Well, if it's not an administration, you can defy it. You can do whatever you want. Because you're supporting the nation of government. You're a citizen of the nation of government. And your duty as a citizen of the nation of government is to maintain the government, the deep state, the permanent government, the warring class, the permanent war class, all the things we don't want. And the evidence is clear. You know the government stole the government, stole the the, the White House for the government. You know the government chose the government in 2020. Look what happened. They took away all the things that Americans like. Cheap and available energy. The ability to travel, ability to buy homes, the ability to work, extra jobs, profit, you know, investments, a good stock market, a great economy, a wall to keep out invaders, illegal alien invasions, you know, uh, a better foreign policy, a strong military, make sure NATO pays their fair share. Of course, I get out of NATO, you know, better foreign alliances charging uh, China so they don't unfairly dump all their stuff here at a ridiculous profit because they paid off the Biden and the Biden China family. You know, and uh, that's, the, that's why COVID was, was moved up. So they could use that to fraudulently seal the 2020 election and impose their government on the nation. So that's the rebellion, folks. The rebellion is a rebellion of government against the people. The people are not rebelling against the government. Well, we are, actually. <laughs> it's probably not true. But the government rebelled against the people. The government rebelled against the Constitution. The government in rebellion caused an insurrection, which they blamed other people for, trying to stop the insurrection. This is, everything happens in reverse, right, projection? Right? So the people that stole the government toward the nation of government to maintain the nation of government over the colonies, in other words, the 50 states, us, the serfs, us, the slaves, have to maintain the information that they didn't do it. They maintain the illusion through the support of government that you believe that what they did, they didn't do. So that's the essence of propaganda. So the nation of government has to convince you that they didn't steal the election, even though you know they did, to maintain the power that you know they're not allowed to have, that they think they do have, because they don't believe in the Constitution. They believe in the nation of government, that Trump tried to make America first. Well, you can't have that if you're a globalist. Government is first. I don't even think it's it's the globalist George Soros deep state thing, well, the, the, the globalist George Soros UN thing, everybody thinks it is. I really think these people think they're separate. You know, I think they would think – ultimately, they're going to think of the world government as a threat to their power as the national government, the nation of government. So the, 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 what used to be a federalism system, a federal government where the, the, the government in Washington had powers and the states had other powers, in other words, most of them. You know, so the government in Washington has a few powers. The states have all, all the other powers, all the rest of the powers, uh, and that's federalism, separate powers. You know, a separation of powers, that's what it's called, where you separate the powers. of so the Constitution from the states delegate certain powers to the federal government, and that's all they have. That's it. Everything else belongs to the states and the people. That's what the 10th Amendment is. That's why it's there. Okay? So, and the states ratify that. They told the federal government, the powers that we don't give you, you don't have, which means you can't make them up and you can't use powers you don't have. But the states aren't enforcing it. The states have become colonists psychologically, so the state governments have become Stockholm Syndrome victims of the federal government. When anyone tells you the federal government is supreme over the states, they're lying to you. They're part of the nation of government. See how it all works? Let me get back to the article here. This is fascinating here. Formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook, on Instagram. Dude, they can't have disobedience. They can't have you not love the government. Anybody that doesn't love the government that is anti-government You know, has to be dealt with. And if they have enough people that are pro-government, that love the government, that believe in the, the nation of government, that are willing to be the colonists, the slaves of the nation of government, you know, they use them against us that believe in independence, freedom, you know, uh, the republic, not democracy. Democracy sucks, okay? Try it. Try a full democracy sometime. Watch how fast your rights disappear. Watch how fast your money and property disappear when people vote themselves your money and property. What's okay in a democracy, wait till a lynch mob shows up at your door. Majority rule, you're guilty. You're dead. No appeal, no due process, no, no no arraignment, no arrest, no grand jury, no trial by jury, no defense attorney, no judge actually following the law, no jury making an independent decision, independent of government. No, that's a republic. A lynch mob is a democracy. You're guilty. We think so. Majority rules. Here's the rope. Bye. That's a democracy. <sighs> At the time of this writing, back to the article. Uh, the content request system at Facebook <laughs> request system yeah right <laughs> at Facebook it is facebook dot com slash x t a k e b o w n s slash login so it's facebook dot com slash x take down take slash login is still live oh I gotta look let's look. you want to look at it <laughs> let me let me copy let's 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 look at it Yeah. all right let's let's, uh, let's you know me I'm I'm curious I got a little bit of time. It's my show. Nobody's calling. I hope you're all listening and enjoying this because I certainly am. I'm certainly presenting. I'm presenting new material that I have never thought of. This is all original today. Let's see what I get. facebook.com slash login. Let's see if there's a thing here. Facebook content request. Request secure access to the Facebook content request system. This is hysterical. This is actually a real thing. This portal is for onboarded partner requests pertaining to content issues on Facebook and Instagram. If you're an onboard partner, onboarded partner, in other words, a government official, please put in your request through this portal. It's real. It exists. I'm here right now. This is friggin' hysterical. Facebook.com slash X takedowns login. Um, Let's, uh, let's put this on my page and see what happens. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't mind me. I'm having way too much fun. Uh, I'm going to put in the Action Radio Group uh, because that's public. So I'm going to go to Facebook. Uh, let's go to the I just put VA. It gets me to the Action Radio Group. Let me post this on Facebook. So all you folks that are listening to the show now, go to Facebook, right? In fact, if you're listening to podcasts, it's probably the same effect. So the Action Radio Group is our news group on Facebook. So let's put the Facebook login portal for the government to take things down from Facebook. <laughs> let's see uh, yep, there it is. And So is. Let's post it and see what it looks like. See if Facebook will let me post the ability of the, the government portal. For... Yep, there it is. <laughs> H-T-T-P-S colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash X takedown login. There it is. Don't <laughs> well, try it out. Yeah, don't take down my group. You report my group, you're going to be off my group, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, there it is. Facebook, uh, yeah, there it is. Friggin' hysterical. I'm sorry. That is just too funny. You know. All right, there we go. So that's a special Facebook portal. Uh, I'm going to click on that one. Uh, see what I get. Let's see if the same thing comes up. Ooh, this, is, this one's even better. Facebook content request system, government reporting system. Yeah, so, so go to the article, the Instagram article, and click on, oh, i got to save this. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I'm having way too much fun. Back to the end. So the article, this is, you want to find it again. I'll, I'll give it to you again. The Intercept, Truth Cops, Leaked Documents Outline DHS's Plans to Police Disinformation by Ken Klippenstein and Lee Fang. I wonder if they're still on social media. October 31st, um, just, you know, a couple of days ago. Huh. Yeah. So, that was, so now we know about it. You know, I, I mean, I was, I was anti-government before. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-good government. Good government honors the Constitution. So that would be Sam Alito and Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. And yeah, the others have their moments, but those are the two best ones. Uh, in the Congress, you know, Ted Cruz. Um, uh, in my Congress, with Matt Gates, uh, Jim Jordan, folks like that. I wish Devin Nunez was back. So the few people that are good in government. So good government requires good people. Well, if you're not a good person, like Hillary Clinton, you know, if you're evil, uh, like she is, she is constant disinformation. Everything out of her mouth is disinformation. She's the greatest liar I've ever seen, and she's good at it. She looks there sincerely, looks into the camera, speaks slowly so you understand every word, and then says the Republicans have a plan to steal the election. Okay, well, why is she doing that? Because they're going to steal the election. See I find my. I actually wrote this. On, let me get my phone here. I don't want to type my my computer too much. But I actually wrote this quote on Facebook. You know, the government, the uh, the Demo- you, see, you know the. Uh, think, let me see if I can remember it. You know the Democrats are trying to steal the election when they announce that the Republicans are trying to steal the election. So the Republicans want to accuse, accuse the Democrats of stealing the election when they steal the election. Yeah, that was it. Should I try that again? You know the Democrats are stealing the next election because they say that the Republicans will accuse them of stealing the next election when they actually do steal the next election. Got it? This is fun. I got stuff to play for the next hour. Then we got Jay Sanders. Uh, Jay Sanders. Uh, yeah, Jay Sanders. Jay Anthony Sanchez. Jay Sanders is an actor I met a long time ago uh, when they're making the movie Tucker. You know what? The, the, those wonderful cars. I'll play that story sometime too. Facebook portal. Yep. There we go. At the time of this writing, the content request system at facebook.com uh, slash x takedown login is still live. I know. I just went to it. DHS and Meta, the parent company of Facebook, did not respond to a request for comment. The FBI declined to comment. Well, wait a minute. What did the FBI decline to comment? That's their job. That's what freedom of information is all about. They don't have the right to decline comment. They have to comment. So we need to start holding these people accountable. We need journalists so to go to the FBI and say, that's not an option. You have to comment. You can't withhold comment. People need to know what the government's doing. You you are duty-bound in the process of oversight by the people, we the people, to comment. We have to know. We have to know how many people were involved in the January 6th uh, government insurrection, an insurrection by the government, for the government, to choose the government, to rule over people of the nation of government in Washington, D.C. They can't withhold that information. We the people have a right to know. So when they say sources and methods or, or, uh, you know, I decline to answer or I can't tell you because there's an ongoing investigation, that's a bunch of BS. Those people should be thrown into government right there. Any government official that goes before government and says, I can't tell you it's an ongoing investigation, better have a damn good reason better than that. You know, and I understand national security and things that absolutely we do not want foreign governments to know. Chances are they know anyway in the Brandon insurrection. You know, they they just sleep with somebody or, you know, get it from Hunter Biden or Eric Swalwell and they'll, they'll get all the information they want. That's a problem. So they are, most foreign governments, that's why they have spies, so they already know. So the only people who don't know are the American people, us. We the people whose job it is to control the government through the free access of information. So not only are they putting out information, disinformation to us, they're withholding the truth. And they do not have the right to do that. They have no power to withhold the truth. <sighs> I'll go a little bit further, then I'll do something else next hour. DHS's mission to fight disinformation, which we all know is their propaganda, stemming from concerns around Russian influence in the 2016 presidential election, began taking shape during the 2020 election and over efforts to shape discussions around vaccine policy during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, as I reported back on March 2nd, 2020, the vaccine was completely unnecessary, would take too long to develop. We had early treatments and early cures. This is all folks. Fauci's an evil man and that got promptly censored. <laughs> they would call that disinformation. I call it truth. Well, guess who was right? Me. <laughs> you know. And, and uh, J. Anthony Sanchez, who, who discovered ivermectin at the end of March 2020, he was going to tell you that story. And uh, Dr. Didier Raoult, who discovered the hydroxychloroquine, kills COVID. So did Dr. Zelenko. So did a bunch of other folks. All the great hero doctors that have been trying to tell everybody for the last several years. They all got censored. When the, when the government ruled the cure illegal, and put forward the death, the death march. So the government, the, the, the government, put out the disinformation, willfully harmful information, at hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which cure COVID. Well, doctors can't say that. they have to say treat COVID. So that treats and cures COVID. Okay, that was called disinformation, but that actually was disinformation, designed to kill you, because they made more money off your death than if you lived. So they wanted to make so 130 some odd thousand dollars was available if they killed you with uh, no early treatment, remdesivir, ventilators, and death. And they made money for the PCR test all the way through to the coroner. They all make money along the way, about $130,000 per death. Well, that's a hell of a lot more money than the $20 it takes to buy ivermectin or, or hydroxychloroquine, you know, some zinc, some uh, um, what else? vitamin D, vitamin C. Okay? So the, so the problem was that the cures were so cheap that the government and the, the industry, the fascism, the government corporate fascism that really was evidenced by COVID. That's why they had mandates and masks and uh, everything else and closures. Closures for fear, masks to spread the disease so that they can mandate vaccines, which make billions of profits and spread the disease. Why do you think all the people getting COVID have COVID shots? Because the rest of us are immune. (laughs) You know, we, I mean, when's the last time you heard a major public official uh, got COVID and had never had a vaccine? I can't think of one, You you know, call it anecdotal. Yeah, but Greg, some people have died of COVID. Well, of course they have. Usually with comorbidities, age, you know, overweight, things like that. Anyway, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the article here. You can you can read the rest of it. It's it's, it's kind of long. <laughs> that's only the that's only the start. There's a lot more to this. Anyway, maybe I should get to key takeaways. Let me uh, let me drop down the conclusion here. Key takeaways. Oh, well, let me let me go to the the first. Oh, the, that was So Let me get the first key takeaways. Key takeaways. Key takeaways. Though DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, shuttered uh, its controversial disinformation governance board, a strategic document reveals the underlying work is ongoing. In other words, they changed the name, but not the mission. DHS plans to target inaccurate information on the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic and the efficiency, the efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccine, racial justice, U.S. US withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of the U.S. support to Ukraine. Let me translate that for you. I will tell you the correct information, as far as I know, to be true. Um, The origins of the COVID-19 pandemic was an engineered gain-of-function virus from SARS-CoV-1 to SARS-CoV-2. somewhere at the the North Carolina uh, Walter Reed Labs you know, done by uh, one doctor fascist known as Anthony Fauci, you know, uh, who took uh, the rest of the research to Wuhan Lab, spread it around the world so they could sell vaccines and make billions in profit. That's the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. The efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines? Well, none, <laughs> because they result in far more deaths and injury and destruction than, uh, than COVID itself, which, you know, leaves 99.9% of the people pretty much with at maybe moderate symptoms at worst. You know, so it's so, you know, rest, you know, vitamin C, vitamin D, you know, hydroxychloroquine or or quercetin, uh, which is the non-prescription version, ivermectin, you're fine. Okay, we know that. So that's the that's the efficacy of the vaccines. Racial justice. Well, racial justice is a uh, uh, is what the the, uh, government uses to put people against each other to keep us in conflict with each other. So we're not in conflict with them. That's what that's all about. And the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan was a surrender. That's what happened there. And the nature of U.S. support to Ukraine is basically keeping the money laundering operation going, the bioweapons labs going, putting a corrupt uh, um, Zelensky regime in power so that uh, we can put billions and billions of, of uh, dollars there and maintain the, the permanent war class. Anybody have any questions? I, th- I think I pretty much summed it up. Then it says Facebook created a special portal for DHS and government partners to report disinformation directly. Guess what? We just looked up. <laughs> it's already there. I showed you where it is. Showed you where it is. I put it on my Facebook page. Let's see if it's still there. Key takeaways continued. They'll be done with this. I'll play you some stuff, and then I'll play you an interview that uh, was just fabulous with uh, when Matt Gates was actually in my studio at WBY. Um, that I think you would be interested in. Key takeaways continued. The work is primarily done by CISA, a DHS subagency tasked with protecting critical national infrastructure. I thought those isn't that where Chris Klebs or Krebs. The guy that said this is the safest election in history in 2020 was absolute nonsense, absolute lie. Was that CISA? That sounds familiar. Next takeaway. DHS, the FBI, and several media entities are having bi-weekly meetings as recently as August. Okay, that's fascism. I wonder if they put that on the calendar. Yeah, time for the weekly fascist meeting with the FBI. Okay, yeah, I'll see you there, guys. All right, fine. <laughs> Next one. DHS considered countering disinformation, which is really truth, relating to content that undermines trust in financial systems and courts. Well, gee, does anybody have a... Uh, uh, Undermine trust in the financial system that gives us, you know, nine percent inflation. You know, that takes away our energy, that brings millions of illegal aliens to destroy our wages in our country. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a distrust of the financial system and the courts. The courts that don't take election fraud cases, the, the the courts that impose mandates on us, everything from Roe v. Wade to gay marriage to uh, to all these crazy things that they impose on us. They say that we have to do to educating illegal aliens in the schools to uh, everything else that they do. Do you think it's a distrust of the courts? Well, I think so. Yeah, that's pretty substantial. Then the last one, the FBI agent who primed social media platforms to take down the Hunter Biden lap story continued to have a role in DHS policy discussions. So in other words, the traitor who went against the Constitution, who violated the First Amendment, who made it possible for an illegal, illegitimate insurrection of government on us, uh, is still has a job and probably got a promotion and more money. Was that about sum it up? Sounds like it to me. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Let me uh, let me take a break here, and I'll be back in just a little bit uh, with more for you. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements, and we have three minute live call ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener. And help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeForceEnergy.com That's StrikeForceEnergy.com Start your engines! Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground! My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with MyPillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at mypillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Action Radio So it looks like Thursday is going to be the day where I'm going to play one of my classic interviews from WBY. Uh, a couple of reasons for doing this: one, uh, the only time people ever heard them was when we broadcast them live, and they were never heard from again. <clears throat> so fortunately, I have all my Action Radio shows from WBY that year and four months of, of absolute, you know, wonder. Uh, my dream job and loved it there and do miss it. It was, it was it was something to be able to go to a, a studio and you know chase the lizards away at you know five in the morning, <laughs> you know, in the rain, you know, and uh, and open the place up and turn the lights on and you know, hook up my computer, and uh, then a the producer would show up, and we'd do uh, three hours of radio. It was fun. I liked having a producer, you know, in the, behind the the, 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 the the plexiglass screen. And we had this big table, and we had a couple of extra microphones. We had people gather around. You know, we did in-studio stuff. It this big old oak table, you know, nicely varnished and shiny, so things slid across it. Uh, and it was a house. It was a house built for a radio station. And so it had a little living room area inside, had the boss's office, it had the production room, and had the studio. So four rooms, W-E-B-Y. Uh, it's fascinating, and, and uh, this this is my dream. It was a little country radio station, uh, you know, W-E-B-Y, Northwest Florida's news and talk leader. Uh, that's what, that was the slogan, thirteen thirty a.m. And it's now a sports internet. It was bought by somebody else and uh, taken over and changed, and we lost yet another independent voice. And so now I'm here at Block Talk. Block Talk's fun, but. It's different when you do a show on a computer as opposed to doing one in a studio with a you know, big-ass microphone. Well, i got a big-ass microphone in front of me now, but with a producer and with actually people in, live in the studio. That was fun. And amazing people showed up. Uh, uh, Kurt Schilling, World uh, Series uh, Hall of Fame baseball pitcher, was doing some work for Hurricane Relief. You know, uh, uh, Dave Glassman, a friend of mine, military guy, a hero. That's his organization uh, that he works with. Um, brought him in. And it was funny. My producer... Uh, I, I told, uh, his name is Adog. I said, Adog, uh, uh, Chris Schilling's going to be here today. He's like, yeah, right, Greg, sure. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, well, good one, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, really, he's going to be here in about uh, 15 minutes. Uh-huh, sure. And, and pigs fly and hippos tap dance and chickens have lips, and he went through whatever he went through. didn't believe me for a second. So then Chris Schilling walks in, right? Adog's like, oh, my God. I said, I told you. Why don't you believe me? I, you know, I don't lie. When I say things, You know, trust me, stuff's happening. You know, anyway, so, uh, so when I announced that uh, you know someday in the future when President Trump is on the phone, President Trump will be on the phone. It's just a question of time. All right, so let me set up the scenario here. So I, so I did an interview uh, with uh, Matt Gaetz, uh, it's my congressman here, and this is when he was talking to us every Tuesday uh, at WEBY, and it was great. He'd call in, but this particular time he was in town. Uh, he's in normally uh, – his main office is Fort Walton Beach. But he was up here in Milton and in Pensacola during what he called his, his, you know, open gates meetings. Open gates, get it? Okay. So he was doing town hall meetings and he stopped into WBY for about half an hour. And so we had a live interview uh, with, uh, with Congressman Gates right there in the seat next to me, which was kind of cool. So I could pass bills to him. So this is, this is a, again, groundbreaking, never been done before, brand new stuff um, that uh, the gates was really open to, which is great. And so I hope to get him back on the show fairly soon, as we have a Republican Congress where they can actually file bills and probably and hopefully get something done. And I got my doubts about McCarthy, but we'll see. Anyway, so I took that opportunity to print up a bunch of our of our best bills and and physically hand them to him during this interview. And so it was really fun to do that. You'll hear phone numbers. Okay, our number here is two one five three eight three three eight three two. You'll hear the old W E B Y number. You get some theme music, some other stuff, and, and just you can listen to it and see how it goes. But um, this was really fun. And this was live in the studio at the table with me with a stack of bills, giving them directly to a sitting member of Congress. And uh, I was new to the show, and he was still fairly new to Congress. Oh, this no, this is 2018, so this would have been about 9, let's see, January 1st, about 10 months. So i have been at WBY 10 months, and I only had so many. It's kind of like the Titanic, you know. The inevitable is coming, but nobody knows at the time. You don't know until you hit the iceberg. Well, the iceberg was was July 13th of of 2018, so this is January – this is six months before that happened. All right, so let me play this for you now, and uh, listen, enjoy, have some fun. And, again, this was – the date was uh, January 1st – January 25th, excuse me, January 25th of 2018. We're in the Trump administration. Life is great. We're in the – I think this would have been the second year of the Trump administration. Things were going really well because he was inaugurated January 20th of 2017. So, so this is almost a year. This is this is a year of Trump. Things are dynamite. We're really happy, and I'm thinking, hey, we can get some real bills accomplished here. Action Radio, we can get some good stuff done. So here's the interview, and I'll be back uh, at the end of it. It's, it's uh, most of the hour, but uh, taking out the ads and news breaks and things like that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> So we are back on 1330 WBY Northwest Florida's Talk Radio with our, our radio town hall. And my special guest, Congressman Matt Gates is here. It's 806 on our Action Radio show. Uh, and the number to call in, 850-623-1330, 850-623-1330. And... There's Congressman, there's one component that is missing from this entire immigration debate, and that is the whole concept of anchor babies. And if, you, if you're going to get rid of chain migration, you're going to get rid of the visa lottery, you're going to build a wall, but you're still going to allow people to give birth here and get what I call birth fraud citizenship, you're missing, I think, the most vital component of, of the whole immigration comprehensive package. What do you think?
3: Well, you're correct that the anchor baby is frequently the first link of the chain in the chain migration that we're trying to end uh, my suspicion is that many of these other proposals that the president has laid out will be easier to accomplish because there's less of a constitutional component i do believe that you can redefine birthright citizenship in a way that requires some legal nexus of the entry of the parent into the United States of America. So I think it can be done. I think the first wave of reforms are the ending chain migration. Uh, We haven't talked about E-Verify, but I think E-Verify is a really important piece um, and uh, and really the border security. But if you solve border security where people uh, don't have the ability to just come across it really will help with the Anchor Baby situation because you won't have as many people here illegally as a consequence
1: of a porous border. Yeah. I just happen to have done that, by the way. Here's my bill mm-hmm. on, on changing the Immigration and Naturalization Act, the section... Uh, yeah, we've talked about this on the air before. Yep, that's the one. So I just thought yep. out, that you have all these bills already. I just wanted to give them to you in print uh, just, uh, just in case. You're a busy guy. I don't expect you to read everything that I, that I send over. I just always me? get a lot of homework assignments from Action Radio. Yeah, well, it's the Ideas Factory, as you call it. Now, the it other is. one, the other idea I had is to uh, not only do we want to deport illegal aliens, but we want to seize their assets on the way. Because to me, being an illegal alien in this country is a crime. And why shouldn't you know we have civil asset forfeiture for American citizens? Why shouldn't we have civil asset forfeiture for illegal aliens on their way? So I happen to have a bill on that. For you to consider. Yeah, my question would be whether or not it would cost more to seize the assets than the assets would
3: be worth at the end of the day, because the federal government is so naturally inefficient at
1: yeah. running
3: any type of program. So there'd be a dollars and cents issue. One of the one of the things, though, that's similar to this that we have talked about and that I think really deserves renewed attention. Uh, Mike Rogers of Alabama and I have a bill that would tax remittances from the United States of America yep. to Mexico, about, yeah. uh, and use that money to pay for the wall. That is similar in thinking to this because you're taking that which is extracted from the American economy and you're putting it back into border security. And so I think that using the remittances that are wired back to Mexico as a funding mechanism for the wall would be a great deal for the American taxpayer.
1: For those that aren't sure, I imagine what you're saying is you're going to tax money that people are sending out of the country. Exactly. There we go. Okay, so let's get to uh, John who has a question for you. John, you're on with Congressman Gates.
4: Uh, good morning, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just had a simple question. When it comes to the budget that we're uh, working through in Congress, why is it that we're not pushing for a clean bill? We keep hearing about tag-ons to it, but why is there not just a clean bill? Well, what, what do you mean by the... a clean
3: bill? Because different people mean different things when they say that.
4: So when we when we think about a budget, sir, I think of it as something that we're looking to fund a government, we set a cap on an amount of money that we're willing to spend, and we then take from that, that pot of money, you know, those funds, and we pay for the things we need to throughout the course of the so, of so if
3: I put in the budget that no money could be spent in, directly or indirectly with Planned Parenthood, would you think that would be consistent with your concept of a clean bill?
4: No.
0: Okay.
4: Uh, because that's what we have the House and the Senate for is to debate these things and find out what should and should not be funded. But if we, if we continue to just spend based on well, you know, an anonymous amount of money that just happens to somehow exist, we continue to put ourselves further in debt. We don't expect the American people to, to run their lives without a budget or else everybody would be bankrupt we have no money. We expect everybody to set a limit. They have know what they can spend, and they spend based off of that on what's prioritized. Why are we not doing that for the United States?
1: Great well, question. Well, I'm put you on a hold now, John. Thanks for calling.
3: Well, the, the reason we don't that politicians in Washington are gutless and don't have the ability to set a cap, set a maximum, and then figure out within the things that we want to fund – uh, how to prioritize them so that you don't exceed the cap, so that you don't exceed the limit. It's always easier to just keep borrowing more, keep spending more, and keep burdening the next generation. So that's one of the reasons why I've been fighting for the House budget, which is a conservative budget, which does exactly what you described, John, in setting top-level uh, requirements for each and every area of the government and then ensuring that we balance the budget. The problem uh, where I would take some exception with clean bill versus a non clean bill is that in Washington, any policy uh, reference in the budget is deemed, you know, somehow unclean. To me, it's a good thing to say, hey, I want to stop spending money on schools in the Palestinian Authority that preach terrorism and hate. Uh, I want to stop spending money with Planned Parenthood. I want to stop funding Obamacare expansion. I want to stop funding entitlements to illegal aliens. You know, to me, those are important features of a budget. I think that's consistent with what John was suggesting because he's simply saying set a limit and don't exceed your limit. Yeah. But
1: sometimes the lexicon in Washington's a little different. Well, and the budget seems to be backwards. It's like people in, in, in Congress, representatives, they decide how much they want to spend, and then they will tax Americans exactly. up to that or borrow up to that, rather than we the people saying, "This is all the money you're going to get." Budget within the, the money that we Th- give. That you. is, I think that goes to the essence of John's question. I completely agree with that. Yeah, it's and this whole idea. Of, I, I would contest the idea of a clean bill too. Clean means whatever's already there. And it used to be, that's what we used to call pork. Exactly. All right. Mm -hmm. And so a clean bill to me would have the least stuff in it.
3: You know, there's so many situations where like the words that make common sense here at home are
1: tortured into like a totally different meaning in Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want to change the subject a bit. And this is a bill that I think uh, probably the easiest one to to submit and get passed. It's reversing the, the background check. Uh, on guns, This is one I, I think I've talked to you about. Larry Pratt of Gun Owners America loves this bill because what it does is it gives to the, the gun dealers, the gun retailers, the prohibited list of people with pictures. And what you do is you present your picture ID when you want to purchase a gun. If you're not on the prohibited list, you get to make your purchase. So instead of investigating and doing a background and possibly registering everybody that wants to make a purchase, the only people that are known are the prohibited people. So, it kind of reverses it. So, you present your ID. If you're not on the list, you get your gun. Well, I I love that idea.
3: This is similar to how the military um, utilizes their system. Now, we had a massive breakdown in that system that mm-hmm. um, some say has result you know resulted in the horrible Las Vegas shooting at Mandalay Bay. Um, but they used the system that affirmatively identified the threats, the risks, the people that shouldn't be allowed to have guns. We've got to find out why that broke down in that particular instance, and we're working on that investigation now. Uh, never-used model. This has actually been used before in our well, government.
1: Well, not everything I'm breaking new ground. I'm you know, doing completely new laws. Otherwise, we would get kind of crazy with that. Tell what, i got some more stuff for you. I want to talk about court reform when we get back. I've got a couple of oh, books on that as well. And so we're going to take a little break now. It's uh, 814 here. My guest, Congressman Matt Gates. you're in the middle of, actually near the end of our, of our radio town hall already. Phone number 850-623-1330, and we will be right back. If you can invite our, our congressman back on here, we'll get, uh, we'll get back on the air. And I think we have another call coming in in just a little bit. Do you have, uh, we'll find out who our person is on that. 1330 WBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. Things are a little confusing this morning just because we're having way too much fun. Congressman, welcome back. Good to be um, on. Thank you. Court reform. Um, this is the big challenge. and my, my concern, So big. Yeah. My concern is that the Ninth Circuit is being used as a weapon against everything you're doing, and everything you're going to do, and 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 my concern is that things are too quiet out there. We haven't heard from Hillary. We haven't heard from uh, you know former President Obama. We haven't heard from a lot of people. And I just think they're scheming. I think there's, there's, there's work in the court right now. There's public there's, there's opposition research probably being done on you and every member of the uh, the uh, the intelligence and the judiciary committee, and all this stuff is going on. And they're pushing the Mueller investigation. And the you know the, the, they can't get their illegal aliens to vote because we're working on that right now with, uh, with DACA, but uh, I just think there's something going on, and I'm worried about the courts are going to be used against you unconstitutionally. They're just going to make up the decisions like they did with the travel ban, like they did with uh, forcing the president to continue the DACA program with a court decision. What's going on with our judiciary?
3: Well, let me, you always throw great ideas at me. Let me throw one at you that several of my colleagues have brought up. Right now, we live in a world where one judge, one federal judge, or even one circuit can issue a ruling and that applies nationwide. Yeah. So you've got a lot of liberal causes that go in they forum shop for a liberal judge that will issue a nationwide injunction. And so there's consideration for legislation that would say you can only issue rulings for your geographic area. That way, if the Ninth Circuit wants to go and make a decision for the Ninth Circuit, they can. But that also might allow our circuit, the uh, the Eleventh Circuit, to make a more conservative decision. And then if you have conflict. You, that goes up to the Supreme Court, but you don't allow some liberal judge in San Francisco to make a decision that affects us right here in Milton, Florida, and, and
1: uh, I'd love your thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, th- that's great, but I would limit it even further because the Constitution already goes beyond that. So you're actually – it's a great idea because it limits the judges more than they are now, but the Constitution limits the judges to ruling within the case. So they they solve the dispute between the parties. So what I would do is I would just have a constitutional reaffirmation of of Article 3 saying that the judges rule within the case. They can't make law. They can't interpret the Constitution. So I just happen to have a bill here abolishing the usurped power of judicial review. And if you look where my little star there, you'll see a little rider that says every time you pass a bill from now on, this bill shall not be subject to judicial review because this is not a delegated power of Article 3 of the Constitution.
3: Yeah, I think that uh, you, you you may have you may have a uh, uh, gosh. Uh, there were some initial Supreme Court decisions, uh, some of the very first decisions of the court yeah. that essentially gave the the court gave themselves the power.
1: Right, and that's reversing that.
3: Right. So you are you are going back uh, a couple hundred years of
1: jurisprudence and just ripping it up from the root. I see. Well, I didn't say it'd be easy. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm there. doing. What I'm, what I'm doing is reversing Marbury versus Madison sure, with legislation, which is supreme to judicial opinions. Let's get to Robert online line here. He's been waiting patiently. Robert, you have a question for Congressman Gates?
4: Yes, hi. Uh, thank you for uh, taking my call, Matt. Sure.
1: Thank Mr. you. Congressman
3: Gates, I would like to know what the plan is to stop the
1: attack of General George Sessions on the medical marijuana patients in your district.
3: Uh, This is something that I'm very concerned about because Jeff Sessions has uh, taken us backwards. I mean, uh, the prior administration laid out guidelines that said we're going to prosecute drug traffickers, we're going to prosecute money launderers, but we are not going to prosecute medical marijuana patients and medical marijuana uh, dispensaries that are operating under the color of their own state law. See, I believe in the Tenth Amendment. I believe in federalism. It's not even really about marijuana. It's about whether or not the federal government has the right to come into the state of florida and tell us how we ought to operate on an issue where the federal government really has no jurisdiction i mean you go back to greg's points from earlier in the show constitutional budgeting limiting powers consistent with the constitution and we need to believe in the tenth amendment and the tenth amendment would allow the state of florida to continue with our experiment in medical marijuana see who it helps veterans children with epilepsy people with parkinson's mls as and my suspicion is that uh, the american people will not tolerate this abuse of power that we see from Jeff Sessions and I intend to speak with the president about it so that uh, we have
1: uh, an ability to still get medicine to people who need it, yeah, Robert, I'm going to have you take uh, the rest of the conversation on the air here. Um, do you see this as generational? Whereas, as you, as a, as a younger representative, might look at the marijuana issue differently than someone who maybe you know grew up with reefer madness, the film, and, and You're marijuana. You're so right. Yeah, yeah, it's not
3: even an issue of Republican or Democrat. It's about people who have an older, dogmatic view where they're just reflexively opposed to any marijuana reform. And then I think you got some younger people who say, "Well, look, you know, we don't we don't really get the social stigma to it. We just see that." There's something that might help some folks, and there are people who need help, and we probably shouldn't put the government between the two.
1: Yeah, he's got a generation that grew up with alcohol and, and and drunk driving, which was far more prevalent than it is now. And so I just I see that as a big generational thing. And think you got to transcend generation. Like I'm trying to learn you know some of the newer technology and things that are that are going on. A lot of the bills I have here, you know, from WriteYourLaws.com, are, are way beyond anything anybody else is thinking. I don't expect these to happen. If I can change the debate a little bit, and if I can, if I'm way out, I'm where, um, wherever I thought I am, and then you come back in Congress with like the limited jurisdictional bill for the judges, then I've accomplished my mission. You know, that's as far as I'm concerned, I'm happy. Here's another one I think you might like, uh, judicial review. Then people are going to say, well, who's going to rule on the Constitution? Who's going to, you know, decide these things? And it should be decided the way it used to be decided in the John Jay Court, which is before the John Marshall Supreme Court, by juries. And so here's the bill to empower juries, saying that juries will get a mandatory instruction telling them of their power of jury nullification and that they can decide the laws of the case as well as the evidence and the facts in the case, and then just turn it over to them. This would totally change our judicial system.
3: So walk me through uh, cases or facts that you've seen where you think this might have
1: yielded a different outcome, Greg. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Second Amendment cases. Uh, good point. Okay, so you have, you have states like California and Hawaii and Massachusetts and Illinois, they're denying people their Second Amendment rights. So if you're arrested for, say, carrying or openly carrying a handgun in a place where it's, quote, prohibited, you could say, well, the Second Amendment says I have the right the individual right to own and carry firearms. I'm going to use that. And, and the judge can say, no, you can't. You have to obey the laws. We have duly passed this. We have court precedent. We have all this established. You know, you're arrested properly. The, ju- the jury cannot rule. They can only rule on the facts of the case. Here's the law. This would say the jury can rule on the laws in the case. And they can say, no, I'm not going to convict this person. Even though they technically broke the law, the law itself is wrong. It's unconstitutional. So could, it could,
3: so could it work the other way? Let's assume uh, in Florida, let's assume we pass open carry, which I sincerely hope we do. Okay. And then let's assume uh, some you know, um, member of law enforcement, maybe some uh, liberal prosecutor, they go and arrest somebody for it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then they put them on trial, and they tell the jury ignore the fact that the law allows them to openly carry. We want you to nullify that law because we think open carry is bad
1: and some liberal jury in Miami takes away our right to openly carry. Well, you've mentioned legal standing. They have no legal standing to argue that. They're arguing for a law that doesn't exist. Well, what if they did? What if they made the
3: argument and the jury agreed? See, I wouldn't want juries to be able to take away my rights. Okay. I'm all for juries being able to expand the rights of the people and limit the scope mm-hmm. of government. I just never would want it to work the other way. Okay, so
1: then if you could put in Clause 2, You know, judges and juries and prosecutors shall not use the jury nullification instruction to therefore create law on their own and have juries nullify uh, or have them deny rights. So this shall not disparage or deny any rights to citizens. There you go. There's your and that's that's action radio. That's how it works. Writing Laws right here on the air. That's what I do that all the time. But no, seriously, that's the whole idea. So if and this is why I submit them, I'll take it this far. You take it further. Somebody else you submit the bill. Someone else in Congress says, "Well, wait a minute, what about this idea?" Then it all goes that's in. That's right. I'm not trying to to change the government. All I'm trying to do is present new ideas that you can then submit and then carry them further into the normal legislative process. I love it. All right, thank you. I love having you for Congressman. Let's get to Ronnie on uh, on the line here. Ronnie, go ahead. You have a question for the congressman?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I want a quick. Uh question here about the social security i'll be 72 in a couple of weeks i started my social security when i was 62 because i had a bad injury you know and i didn't want to go on disability but i made 1339 dollars it's 62 now i just get a little around 1200 dollars a month how does it cost of living right uh situated in that, in that situation 10 years getting 100 dollars a month less
3: well that sounds like a real strange circumstance usually cost of living is an adjustment not a decrease and so there might be some other factor at play what i you know a lot of folks don't know that Part of my job is actually to work with folks to find out in their specific cases what's gone wrong and how we can help. So uh, my suggestion is if you'll give us a call at the office four eight seven eleven eighty three, you can also go to my website gates.house.gov. Give us a chance to look into your particular case and find out. You know, oftentimes we see there's just accounting errors yeah. where someone in some bureaucrat will uh, will make a mistake and then we'll go in and fix it. And so uh, if you know somebody out there who feels like they're uh, not getting a fair shake from the Social Security Administration
1: and we can uh, give a hand, that's what we're here for. You know, we only have a, a couple minutes left. I'm going to let uh, Ronnie go at this point and uh, uh, take answer on the air. But um, I don't think people know some of the services that are available from uh, from your, your district office. No, great point. So if you can go over those a little bit or anything yeah, else Yeah, I mean, the,
3: the biggest issue we have is with the VA. So the veterans that are listening, if you got the wrong disability rating, if you're worried about your wait time, if you're not being treated fairly by the VA, Give us a call. Let us give you a hand. Probably the second biggest issue is Social Security. Someone will uh, not get their check or someone will have a decision from the Social Security Administration that uh, we need to go and sanity check and make sure it was the right decision. And, I mean, Greg, we've had circumstances where we've gotten six-figure checks to people. Oh, wow. I mean, that uh, that were being paid the incorrect amount. Uh, by Just as a consequence of some bureaucratic error, and yeah. so please give us the chance to help on those issues, and really anything else where the federal government is disrupting your life. We're here to be your
1: advocate. Yeah, and we may have uh, some of the district folks on the on the show at some point, just to talk about some of the things that you. do. I know you and, keep yeah. trying to get my interns on the show. But hey, they're why? scared. They're scared. Why? they just a big teddy bear. So we only have uh, about a minute left. Anything that you think we should be covering? Your next stop on your Open Gates Day, anything you want? To well, about? we're
3: going to a lot of the schools here in uh, North Santa Rosa County. It's Literacy Week, and mm-hmm. we want to make sure we're always champions for literacy and reading because, boy, uh, if you can't read, it really limits your ability to move ahead in school and in life. And so we're going to go and uh, congratulate some of the great teachers and schools here in North Santa Rosa
1: County who uh, have done a great job ensuring that we've got good schools and good students and good teachers. Wonderful. In the last little bit, I just have a couple more. I'm going to give you the whole package. But here's an interesting bill that sort of redefines uh, congressional donations. One of the problems we have is too much money, you know, going into campaigns. And if we could split the individual donation as free speech, but a huge donation as commerce, this again would break some new law. Now, we don't have time to answer the question. I just want to give you that and leave you that, uh, that thought to... Uh, what a to tease. P- <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it next time. We'll have you back. We're going to be on next Tuesday. Every I'll... week. Every week. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming on Thank the show. You. This really was fun. appreciate it. Congressman Matt Gates, 1330 WBY. Back after the news. All right, 834 here. That was incredible. In fact, we had... uh, You're back again. Did you want to come back on? Oh, okay. Take a look around uh, the studio here. Feel free. Um, So we we had this just amazing discussion. Uh, with Congressman Matt Gates, and the beauty of that was, I was able to do something that very few hosts in the country can do, which is give legislation directly to uh, our congressman. It's 8:34 here, and I'm hoping, maybe possibly, that uh, Mike Bates will call in from the shot show. That's uh, I was asking him, but uh, you know he's busy; stuff's going on there, so we don't know if that's going to happen yet. But the lines are open, and, and you still got me to talk to. You. And so here I am at uh, at 1330 WEBY Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. We're in the middle of our Action Radio Hour, and the action that we took was to give a whole bunch of bills uh, from the Action Radio proposed laws to our congressman. And let's see if we can get one. If we just get one of those submitted, then everything changes, and then Action Radio becomes uh, quite a reality. Let's get to Josie here. And uh, Josie, sorry I couldn't get you on with the congressman. I think you called during That's the news, okay. though. Yeah. Anyway, go it's okay. ahead.
5: That's okay. I left him a message, so hopefully he'll call me back.
1: Oh, that'd be um, nice.
5: You were awesome. Thank you so much for uh, giving him all those ideas and the bills that you came up with. And uh, you need to have
1: him for an hour. <laughs> well I, I, he, well, Congressman Gates is a standing invitation. He can come on the show anytime yes. uh, and so I, I would love to do these hours more. This is, this is the only time I can get him is when he yeah. has these, these open gates days and so I, I do the best I can but I'm in contact with him fairly frequently with, with ideas and, oh yeah and he's very receptive to them and you know like I said he always has the option you know just because it's a yeah. you know as crazy as my ideas are and as far-reaching as they are and as breaking new ground and new law as they are, if I can move the debate a little further, if I can inspire yeah. a bill. So now they're talking about, we talked about this several months ago, judicial reform, okay? Yeah. Getting rid of judicial review. Now, Congress is already talking about limiting the judges to just a certain geographical area.
0: Yeah. That's a huge yeah. step forward,
1: okay? So. Yeah. It's like, it's like I take the extreme position. I, I go as far out as I can uh, on things like completely abolishing judicial review. And as Congressman Gates was saying, you know, you're going back to, uh, to Marbury versus Madison, 1807 or 9, whatever the case was, and saying you're, you're basically throwing out 200 years of uh, legal precedent, and to which I said, yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I'm doing. I, go ahead.
5: I agree. I agree. The judges are trying to stop Trump, especially the guy from, the judge from Hawaii. And you know, Obama took a trip four days before the judge came up with uh with the ban on the uh, different countries. You know, so oh, he oh didn't gosh. want to do it through the phone or email or anything. He personally went over there. And then the judge, you know, that guy went to school with Obama. So
1: yeah.
5: it's all. Uh,
1: oh wait a minute! Wait no no on. back up. You said the judge went to school with Obama. Yes. This is did. the this is he the, the judge. With Obama. Wait a minute! This is the judge that reversed the travel ban. Yes. The same judge that that mandated DACA go forward. Yes. What's his name?
5: And I forgot, but the. I'll find but it. The thing, yeah, I, I can I can find the link because I put it on my face. Well,
1: I'll find it. I I'm just. But
5: I'm... the uh, the Obama was traveled four days prior to that to Hawaii. Huh. See, so there's a lot of connections, and uh, it's just crazy what's going on in america
1: well no it's funny you should but, say that yeah all right go ahead i got a point i'll make in a minute go ahead. but what
5: i wanted to tell uh, uh matt this morning is uh i truly believe that uh if 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 the point about the daca it, i'm pretty sure they're going to let them stay because what are you going to do you know right i'm pretty sure uh, that's what i'm saying but the thing is don't give them citizenship just give them residence and let them work for the citizenship like i did it took me seven years for me to become a U.S. citizen, and I came in the legal way. And uh, I, yeah, a I lot c- of people are going to be upset because a lot of people have applied to become a U.S. citizen, and, and all these people, they're just going to get it just because, you know? It's not fair.
1: Well, it, it just, I mean, the same thing. My my parents tried to get in. I came in when I was was 12, but uh, my folks tried. Uh, to, uh, they tried from Canada, and that didn't work. They, they tried uh, yeah. from Australia and eventually got in. But this was a, yes. multi, it was a multi-year process, and this is why the people who are most against illegal aliens are, are folks like you and me who are law-abiding immigrants. And we, so,
5: we are. Yeah. So I was going to tell them, please uh-huh. tell President Trump just to offer them U.S. residence, not citizenship. Okay. Because once they get citizenship, they can bring all the other families right away. And that's what the Democrats want because they want more votes.
1: Yeah, because they, they've they've given so up on Ameri- Yeah, they've given up on Americans. They're basically socialists, and the only way yeah. they can impose socialism is to take people from socialist countries and uh, and and bring that here. And that's not what this country is about. Yeah. Yeah. So
5: yeah. So all these judges, great idea. They can only rule in their own town, and that should be it. I hope it goes through.
1: I hope so too. But I like your idea of U.S. residents, and I'll I'll communicate that but, to. Uh, to Congressman please. Gates, yeah. Oh, yeah no. I left
5: him a message, so I hope he calls me back.
1: Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, and you can always leave messages at the district office too, because I did. Yeah. Now, in fact, uh, Congressman Gates and I were talking about that, having uh, his interns who take all the calls. We're going to do a show with uh, with his interns from the district office, which I think would be interesting.
5: And and please send him a text to tell President Trump, do not meet with Mueller. It's a setup. Do not.
1: You know we never really got to that but that's a that's a good point. Oh, I, I don't you know what not. the president the president I'm sure has some of the best lawyers probably the best lawyers in the
5: country. I know. But you, you know, know he's he, yeah. heart hard is so noble and so good that he doesn't take malicious in his mind. But you know I grew up in part of communism and mm-hmm. I know the way of thinking. They don't care about anything. It's a setup that they have and he better not until they release those tapes.
1: Well, you know. and, and here's the thing, too. The memo, the, the what we first started talking about, is this Intelligence uh, Committee memo mm-hmm. summarizing all of the, the horrendous problems and the corruption of the FBI. I think that's going to come out beforehand. And Mueller, you know, here's the thing. I, want, I was going to talk about this earlier, too. You've, yeah. got, you've got a situation where you've got the Democrats are pushing the Mueller investigation, saying that what Congressman Gates is doing in intelligence uh, and judiciary with the FBI, that's the cover-up. That's, uh, that's the distraction. Mm-hmm. Whereas yep. we, we can conservatives are saying just the opposite no it's the investigation of the fbi it's the text it's the uh it's the changing yeah. of uh, of hillary's uh language so she's not con- she's not indicted it's the the yeah. fixing the the game so that she never gets uh, charged with anything that's the collusion that's the corruption that's the crime and Mueller is the cover-up yeah
5: yeah he
1: is and, and so, so, so that's the problem is, is for the for the, the people that aren't following it that closely okay yeah. they don't know which to believe yeah and that's
5: the point but i don't trust I don't trust the FBI ever again yeah. no, they're all in it together with Obama, and I know most Americans are very naive in a way, meaning good people that their minds are not maliciously yeah. but I truly believe Obama' is behind all the protests and riots and all these things with the judges. He's behind this whole thing. But, of course, people are not thinking like that. I that's am. That's why he's in D.C. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm thinking where you're thinking, and that's why I told you. Well, you that. are,
5: because you yeah. come from a different country.
1: Yeah. But I didn't but have, he, well, like in, in Nicaragua, did you have a secret police force there?
5: Uh, there's so much corruption. Uh, so most of us, at the time when I was a young girl there, so most of us uh, sons were raping any girl they wanted. Uh. They ha- They have secret police. Yes, they did. But it was such a corrupt country that, that I guess people were desperate for anything, and that's why they accepted the Sandinistas to come in and power. So a lot in ca- countries like Venezuela, too, you know.
1: And this is my, my contention, is that uh, these folks have become so uh, so isolated. And one of the things, another thing, I mean, there's so many things I didn't get to. One of the things I yeah. didn't get to was uh, I sent uh, Congressman Gates uh, YouTubes of the uh, Frank Church Senate hearings on the CIA back, oh. uh, back in 1975. Okay, uh-huh. and so uh, you know he's a young guy. You might not remember them, um, but uh, I remember them. And uh, and yeah. one of the and one of the things I found was a Nixon administration official. He was one of the counsels, and he said, if the president orders it, if he orders spying, it's okay. You know, because the president, and basically what he was saying was, the president is over the um, the Constitution and the laws of the land. He says, no, if the president says this needs to be done, this needs to be done. We, you know, we don't worry about the laws. And He was very candid about it too. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. and so, and I'm thinking to myself, and this is why I even gave all my notes of the show to Congressman Gates as well. And one of the things, right. one of the things in those notes was that, you know, is this the same attitude in the FBI today? Do they think of themselves as above the law, above the Constitution? And if then President Obama orders you know spying orders, this FISA warrant, orders everything else, that we don't know about yet, you know, and that's yeah. why I said this investigation has to go to Obama. You can't stop before that, and you're not going to get of the course. full story. Do you think that that same attitude, and I'll ask you the same question, do you think that attitude exists in the FBI that they will do what the president says over what the Constitution and the law of the land says?
5: I truly believe the FBI are still working for Obama, okay, so that's why. I mean, I've been in America for 46 years, very involved in the uh, uh, secret, you know, top secret uh, U.S. uh, diplomat. So I know a lot. lot, I know a lot I cannot tell you. But uh, what happens right now is the FBI are still working for Obama, and people don't realize it. Because let me tell you, when Nixon's scandal came about, 18 minutes of that tape, Right away, they didn't teach him. They couldn't even do that with Hillary because Obama was behind this whole thing covering up for Hillary, for the four Americans that lost their life because of her, and he was in it too. They were trafficking weapons to the Al-Qaeda. They were using the U.S. ambassador, and they have to get rid of him at that time because of all the evidence. So it's a corruption that I have never seen in America, and I'm very involved in the politics since I was sixteen years old. So yeah, yeah. it is that what's happening, but the corruption and the FBI and they need to release all those uh uh tapes that they have. And I will be happy with that.
1: Yeah, and I, I might need your help. I might uh talk to you about this of so doing a little investigation. Uh, pe- uh-huh. People connected to obama so if you if if you could just uh you know send that to me if, if the judge who's connected to obama
5: i'll look um, it up and send it to you
1: yeah any of the yeah. FBI officials who are connected to Obama did they go to school together did they they work together anybody connected to Valerie Jarrett anybody connected to uh-huh. michelle obama who's in who's still in government who are officials who might be uh you know hold over past year
5: with the obama dimension
1: oh, isn't so that... they're
5: still they're still working just Yeah.
1: There's, and I can, I can tell the congressman, it's too quiet. There's something wrong. It's just they're, yeah. we're not hearing from them. And when I don't hear from them, that's when I get worried.
5: Yeah, it is. They're working very hard. They're creating all these women's protests, all the protests in the horizon. Oh, that's in interesting. Yeah. Yeah,
0: okay.
5: they are, because George Soros gave the women's protest last year, the day after Trump won, uh, $245 million. I don't know how much money uh, Madonna got, but she got quite a bit of money. <laughs> Hey, yes, she
1: did. I believe yeah. it. But we've got to take a break, Josie. So let's, okay. uh, let's check in again okay, next Jeff, time. I've got Mike Jeff Hill tomorrow Jeff. doing education, and, uh, and thank you. You're
5: doing a great job. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks very much. Thank you for calling. So that's Josie, one of our, our regular folks here. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's fascinating. We have you know, two immigrants talking about uh, illegal immigration. That always uh, uh, fascinates me. 847 here. We're going to have a little bit of time for calls when we get back. 850-623-1330 is the number, 623-1330. Back with more Action Radio in just a bit. Oh, boy! <laughs> See if I can catch my breath here. This has been um, just a, an amazing uh, morning here we had congressman gates we had uh, We had this last uh, little bit I was, like I said I was hoping Mike was going to be able to check in uh, from the shot show, but i 'm sure he 's engaged uh, in in all kinds of stuff going on. Take a look at our facebook page i mean he 's there doing he 's having so much fun you know like i say i would uh, i 'm glad I was here for this broadcast, but it 'd be nice to be able to uh, Take a look at that uh, next year, and we'll see. I'll get him on. I'll get uh, Mike on, or I'm sure he's going to talk about it when he does Your Turns on Tuesday. So Mike does the Your Turn Tuesday, 4 to 6, and that'll be uh, a chance to call in and see uh, all the gadgets he's played with, all the people he's talked to. And uh, we have a little time now. Uh, so before we uh, before we are are done today, if you want to give me a call, 850-623-1330, uh, comments on our town hall, anything you think I can do better next time. It was a little crazy, so I was uh, just a bit... You know, kind of, uh, well, a little nervous just to make sure everything went as, as well as it could, because we had, uh, just, uh, we had the folks here with the cameras here. And I'm a radio person. I'm not used to, you know, all the Facebook, uh, live stuff, although I think, uh, we're gonna get more and more used to that as we get to more into it, which should be, uh, a whole lot of fun. But there's so many issues, so many things going on. And again, from uh, from all the things that uh, we were talking about, and, and so much needs to be done in Washington, you know. And I've tried to again push the boundaries uh, as far as I can with things like a constitutional budget, where you know maybe maybe that will get in the congressional record, maybe it won't. But uh, you know, I'm trying. And if you want to try too, go to writeyourlaws.com, and it's pretty simple to to go through the procedure uh, for how it works. We have several different sections, and the way it works is uh is, is you go to the uh, writeyourlaws.com, that's write dot com that 's w r i t e write your y o u r l a w s and just uh, click on the legislation part and you 'll see where it says propose a new law and that 's for anybody and i do mean anybody can propose a bill and it doesn 't have to be complicated some of the uh, the ideas I gave congressman gates were were a paragraph some one of the ones um particularly getting rid of uh, welfare the welfare elimination act. Uh, that's from, from Chris Barrow, who's our, our, our tax sponsor here at WBY, with seven pages. You know? And so he's got a 25-year plan to get rid of welfare. Now, in Congress, they're not even talking about reforming it. And we in the citizen legislature, I have somebody that's actually come up with a plan to get rid of it. Somebody who knows tax and wealth management you know, was able to do that. That's what the citizen legislature is. So we don't know where this is going to go. This is, this is a grand and glorious experiment um, in, uh, in, in you know, like I say, being a citizen legislator. And this is how it used to be done. You know, back in the old days in our, in our founding, people would gather around in the pubs. You know, A lot of our founders were brewers. They'd talk about ideas. You know, the, the, the bills would be written down on parchment, and they'd go by, by horseback to, uh, to D.C. eventually. And, and that's how things got done. You know, We're doing the same thing now, but instead of using horseback and parchment, we've got the Internet and social media. And so it's just a, a much different way, a much faster way, much more comprehensive way to get ideas you know, from you directly to, uh, to Congress. And you saw that today. That's exactly what we did. You know, some of the bills uh, were, were uh, collaborations. You know, they're not all my ideas. I mean, a lot of them are because I started this you know, a long time ago. So it makes sense. But gradually, I want to transition to where more and more of the ideas are yours and where more of the comments are yours. And as, as Congressman Gates said, with my, uh, something I never even thought of, you know, it was, it was a great idea, talking about jury nullification, wouldn't you like to know, in a case, um, uh, you know, that you're before, that the judge will tell you, you have the right of jury nullification, you have the, the, the right and the duty, to judge if you want to, the laws in the case, as well as the uh, the facts in the case, and the judge can't tell you otherwise because that's what's happening right now. Judges are telling you otherwise. They say you can't judge the laws in the case. You can only judge the facts, and that that is wrong. That is, it's not illegal, but it's wrong. And so, a lot of uh, states have actually mandated that juries specifically not be told that. So, I had the case of, of Second Amendment, and uh, you know where people where there's a Second Amendment, where there's a law that violates the Second Amendment, but they're going to enforce it anyway, and that happens through many places in the country, like open carry. I mean, the Constitution says the right to keep and bear arms. Bearing arms does not have a restriction. Open carry is constitutional by the Second Amendment, even though in Florida current, currently it's illegal. So if you, were before, if you were on a jury and someone was, uh, was up there you know, being prosecuted for open carry and you said, I'm going to exercise my right to, to nullify that law by saying the person is not guilty, not because they didn't do it, but because the law itself is wrong, that's what jury nullification is. And so Congressman Gates says, well, what if the, you know, the, the attorneys and uh, the judge come up and they, they use that to take away rights and they convince the jury that uh, the, you know, certain rights don't exist and they should take them away? And that's when I said, great, now is your chance to put that into the law, add that as a clause, and, uh, and we'll have that as a, uh, as a pre- precaution. Specifically so that doesn't happen. And so that's how the laws get made. You know, I have an idea. Congressman Gates has an idea. He submits it to the legislature. Hopefully Congress, you know, someone in Congress has another idea and that's how it works. And your idea can be really simple. It can be as simple as, as, you know, I want to get rid of taxes. You know, it's not going to happen, but you know, or, or like I have one of the bills there to get rid of the withholding tax. Okay. Why should you lose money on your check? You know, we're about to get, uh, you know, more money in our checks just because um, of the tax cuts. But what if nothing was withheld from your check? And this is a revolutionary idea, you know. And uh, I said, okay, well, you'd have to pay your taxes manually. And so there wouldn't be an automatic deduction allowed. You'd uh, You'd have to actually physically pay your taxes. And when people saw how much money was coming out of their check every week, it would change the country. You know, things like uh, the bill to revoke anchor baby birth fraud citizenship I actually went into the Immigration and Naturalization Act and uh, redefined that. And, and so that, uh, you know, just, being, just having a kid here on U.S. soil does not guarantee citizenship like it does now. And the weird part is there's no law that says that has to be done. There's no court decision that says that has to be done. It's just a misinterpretation of the act that got started, I don't know, back in the 60s maybe. And it's been going on so long, people assume it's true just because it's been going on so long. It's like judicial review. Courts assume that they have the power to interpret the Constitution, and you go through school learning, you know, the, the legislative does this, the executive does that, the judicial interprets the Constitution. Nonsense. They do not. That's not in the Constitution. They just do it. So those are some of the things we're talking about campaign uh, speech reform. Uh, my, my simple one, and this is why I wanted to have a really simple bill, was the uh, gun purchase background check using the banned list only. And so, again, I've talked to Larry Pratt of Gun Owners of America. He favors this bill. It's a very simple thing to do so that you don't get background checked. The people who are background checked are those on the prohibited list. You would just go to your, your, your gun store and you would supply, you would present your, your uh, government ID with photo and that would be compared against the prohibited list and if you're not on the prohibited list, you make your purchase and away you go. A gun check has been done. Uh, but you haven't been registered. You haven't been checked yourself because there's no reason to. I mean, that would go against, you know, search and seizure without a warrant. Why are you being investigated without a warrant for making a lawful purchase? That doesn't make sense. So you put the prohibited people on, uh, and then, uh, and that's how that works. If you support that kind of bill, contact Congressman Gates. You know, hopefully he'll – I think, you know, if any bill becomes the first one, that'll be it. Huh. <laughs> Actually, that was it. <laughs> that's the way it was back in, uh, in 2018. So let's, uh, let's move up to present day. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. All right, looks like I have to do a little call screening here, so I have a person I do not recognize the number. So let me just uh, go offline for a second and play something for you, and I'll be right back. Do you know your way around health care, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Grave Care. And now as an affiliate of Grave Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. through better knowledge and advocacy. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Panklow's Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. No, I'm pushing buttons so quickly here. I'm hoping I'm doing the right thing. <clears throat> this has been a little crazy this morning, and so i got a couple of callers here. I've got uh, Pianki, who I'm going to bring on uh, right now. And before we get started with Pianchi, I want to introduce my guest of the of the hour here. And so let me just get my my, my, my appropriate uh, drum roll here. Let me scroll, scroll, scroll. And uh, I can find a faster way to do this. It's <laughs> just one of those things. All right, here we go. Oh I just totally drew a blank. Jay Anthony Sanchez. There we go. Okay, I, this has been that crazy day. I mean, I just been, I was listening to myself. I'm like back in 2018, listening to all these things that are, that are going on here. I had a caller. I just I, I'm still learning how to screen a caller. You know, while I'm doing the show, so I'm playing different things here. That's what's going on. So Jay Anthony Sanchez, um, we've been in touch while while. We've been talking on Facebook. We've been doing uh, all kinds of uh, messages back and forth. He's been in our groups. Um, he's a lawyer, but don't hold that against him. He, he went to Harvard. Don't hold that against him either. Let's make him live now and uh, welcome him to the show. He's like, oh, great. Why'd you say all that stuff? Well, because I'm the host. I can do that. So let's give you the gong. And then a round of applause. Hey, Jay. Welcome to the show.
6: Hey, Dave. How you doing? Great. What's
1: up? Oh, things are crazy. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on. Before I get to you, I just want to uh, talk to Pianko real quick because I have a feeling he wants to react to the interview uh, that I played from uh, 2018 with Congressman Matt Gates, one of his uh, town hall meetings. Were you listening by chance, Jay? Did you hear mm-hmm. that, that interview or the earlier hour? The no? very,
6: I got on the very end, like the last five minutes. Oh, Okay. So, right.
1: yeah. Yeah, no problem. Well, then we'll talk to so we'll talk All about right. your stuff uh, just a second here. Yeah, um uh, do you have a comment before we get going here? No, well, the
2: interview was, the, you, the, was, 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 was a great interview.
1: Well, thank you. Well, someone's Jay. I think uh, we got to mute yourself while you're, you're something's thing in there. Yeah, okay. Unless that's oh, so okay. you, Pianki. Okay. Well, well, and just well, I'll get you right back to you in just a second. Well, whenever this background noise, you want to mute your line because we whatever okay, phone I'll, picks up okay. goes right I'll, on the air. I'll, yeah. Okay. So we'll just come on back as soon as you can. There we go. So Pianki. Yeah, that was a fun interview. Uh, it was right in the studio, and that was that was direct lobbying at its best. I mean, Congressman Gates was right there. I'm literally handing him bills, you know, as he's sitting across from me and we're talking about stuff. So, uh, and I still you knew it was still my first year of radio. I was only about ten months in. So that was that was kind of quite an honor actually. Pianchi? But, as
2: far, but uh, as far as doing the thing on giving the legal residency, mm-hmm. I think uh, they should go out of the countries and apply for the residency outside the country.
1: I do too. Yeah. At and it's interesting. Time, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finished.
2: Yeah. At this time, they, they should go out. They came in illegal. They're not, they paint it. And you don't know what, uh, the, what they've got on them. So let them go out and do it the way the law prescribes.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, in fact, we're going to talk to Jay about immigration. We we actually had a, a chat uh, off the air uh, that got pretty intense, and I was saying to myself, we should have done this on the air. This would be much more fun. Uh, so, Jay, as soon as you can, come on back, and we'll get going. But, yeah, what was um, my positions have changed. I'm back. I... I'm
6: back.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, so I'll just say like one more to comment. You uh, oh, yeah, so, so yeah, well, Pianchi, Jay, Jay Pianchi, let you guys meet each other. I um, do. So, guys? anyway, but just that last comment was uh, – I'm sorry. I'm stepping on – I get too much adrenaline going right now. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, it's like I've been listening to my own show for a while, and now I'm, like, trying to jump back into it. It's like starting the show. It's almost like starting over. Um, the fun part about that, like I say, was – that. well, I, what, my point I was going to make was that my positions have changed. Uh, there are stronger you know, more, uh, more direct. And whereas before I was thinking, I want to suggest ideas and do that kind of stuff. Now I really want to get those bills passed. And so that has changed. Anyway, let's get to Jay. So, so uh, Jay Anthony Sanchez, and where, where yeah. are you, what's going on, what's happening? And uh, um, where, where do you want to start? You want to start with the ivermectin story, the beginnings of COVID where, what, uh, what you want to talk about?
6: Yeah. I mean, we can start there. That's, that's really the beginning of, you know, okay. like fight or,
1: it's uh Jay's one of us. You know, that,
6: that started.
1: He's one of the good guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's a crusader. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh yeah, exactly. So let's 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 put that in and Piaki feel free to jump in too as well. So Jay, go for it. Tell me your story. Um I like to say I've heard it but nobody yes. else has. So let's uh let, let go for it.
6: Well, back in uh in March of 2020, at, at the time I was on the uh I was on the ballot as um for the um on the, li- you know, the libertarian as a libertarian on for the uh, New York Fifth a congressional district. And um that was March of twenty twenty. And so uh COVID started and you know, we I delivered my signatures to what I found out later was the wrong place, but that's another so uh, literally Gee, was that a deep closing. state operation
1: yeah, or was that just a mistake?
6: That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, the the the, the guys who, you know, they weren't um uh, the guys uh, that who were running the Libertarian Party in, in, in Queens, New York really hadn't had something you know of, of that type of that level, you know so they they didn't really know what they were doing either, and so we we oh. delivered the and all the COVID was going on, so it turned out i mean because my my district covered uh two counties I had to go up state to do that, so i couldn't do that so and and we didn't know we had to do that, so we just delivered it to uh to this place in in new york city and and um and then co- and then everything closed down so when things closed down you know i was i was concerned because i'm thinking you know we're going to close down for the you know for the duration i'm thinking you know you know shit at the fan situation that's going to be you know we're not going to be able to have any doctors available to so you know i'm a bit of a prepper so i had my i have my antibiotics my antifungals but i didn't have an anti-parasite drug and i remembered that uh, in bolivia i used to give uh, ivermectin to my cows um and i remembered how you know the difference in the cow the cow just looked you know, like a week later, the cow is a different cow. It was strong, and, and, and I'm thinking, okay, well, this is something that, that you know, I should, I should get for me and my kids and my family to make sure that, that our our immune system is, is, is strong enough to fight off COVID. And so, so I, I bought it on I – I ordered it on March 25th. It arrived March 28th. I put it aside for a little bit. And on March 31st, I started, I started to do research and just to ensure that it was safe for me to take the cattle version of ivermectin. Uh, because I remember in Bolivia, you know, I never did, but others would give it to their other ranchers would give it to their employees, and so so I found but I, so I found out on the proper channels that yeah it was safe, and uh, but as I started to do more research, I saw that I saw that that they gave out ivermectin for free to like hundreds of millions of people in Africa every year, and then also you know and I, and I remember that I saw that the, the cases in co- of COVID were really low in Africa. And so I started to you know, wonder about that. And then I came across a paper that said that the uh, ivermectin stopped the replication of a flavivirus. And I had no idea what a flavivirus was. So I just looked it up on Wikipedia, and I saw that, like, a flavivirus was like a cousin to a coronavirus, which in turn was a cousin to a coronavirus. And so I said, well, maybe, you know, if it works for flavivirus, it might work for, you know, coronavirus. And so, so I opened the Bible, and, you know, I said, God, could it be that easy? And I opened to a place. This blew my mind, which where Naman, the Syrian general, asked uh, Elisha, the, the prophet, to cure him of leprosy, and um, Elijah said, "Okay, you know, bathe in the Jordan River seven times," and um, and and Naman, the general, gets gets mad because he thinks, "Well, that's too easy," you know, you know, he thought he was making fun of him or something, and so then his his uh, Naman's uh, servant says, "Well, my lord, if the prophet told you something very difficult to do, wouldn't you have done it?" So I got that as a message that, you know, I'm asking God, is it that easy? And he's saying, yeah, well, if I told you something very difficult to do, <laughs> would you have done it? And so, so then I, I asked God again. I said, you know, uh, I thought about you know how to get the word out, and, and I thought about sending out an email to, to people connected to the person who wrote that paper. And I opened up the Bible and again, and it opened up to a place where it says the whole assembly agreed to this because they could see it was the right thing to do. So, so I sent that email out uh, to 17 scientists at a lab in Milan. Connected to the person who wrote that paper, and what I did is I put, you know, because I'm figuring they're not going to open my email because they don't know me. So I put her name and I put COVID nineteen. So I'm thinking they're going to open up the email just like out of perverse interest, thinking, okay, you know, this woman has COVID nineteen, and uh, because at that time everyone was freaking out and everyone was thinking, you know, you know, if someone came out with COVID nineteen, it was a big deal. Now it's, you know, it's not as big a deal, you know. Uh, So I mean, it's a big deal, but people, you know, it's, it's very common now. At that time, it wasn't. And um, so I never heard from them, but, but three days later, a doctor who later I found out was very close with them, very connected as part of the same network um, announced to to the world that ivermectin killed COVID in two days. And, and so um, then later, you know, I I discovered they're in the same network. And and so I figured what happened is that Milan was closed, uh, but they're checking their email. So, you know, they get this email and and, uh, and so they sent it on to, to her, you know, because her lab in Australia is still open and she, you know, took a couple of days to get to get the uh, you know to figure out, you know, you know took a one day to probably set it up, two days to figure out what happened, you know, what is what's going on, and um, and then immediately they began to suppress ivermectin, uh, and, but what they didn't yeah oh, oh immediately immediately because i you know i put videos on youtube and boom they were taken
1: so, down. When, so wait a minute it, let me let me get the story straight here just so, so everybody knows so were you the first you know major person to release this or you said there was a doctor who released the ivermectin worked? I'm, I'm trying to think because i don't remember i know you talked about it way back when and i knew i discovered ivermectin because we used to have the um the dr zelenko action radio coronavirus clearinghouse and it was about mm-hmm. maybe a, a month or so in people i think might have been you i'm not sure because the they, they facebook disabled it because it was good it was our most popular Group, uh, we had thousands of people that were on it, and we're all trading information yeah. about COVID. You know the way it's supposed to be: free information, social media, right? Um, and so yeah. the, people started talking about this thing, ivermectin. I wasn't sure about it because I would uh, learned from Doctor Zelenko and uh, DDr wrote in Marseille, France, about hydroxychloroquine. And what's this other stuff here? Is this real? Is this not? So you came about through ivermectin. I came about through hydroxychloroquine. But we both had two huh? valid treatments for for COVID at about the same time. We both discovered uh, these, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so did you break the news worldwide, or was it uh, the doctor that broke it? Who actually? Who did you learn about it from someone else, or you discovered it? What's the story? So,
6: so I was like, what happened is that is, um, you know, they stopped any reference to ivermectin because they didn't stop any reference to ivermectina, which is the Spanish version of the word ivermectin.
1: Oh, that's hysterical! So you see
6: how God works. So you see how God works. You know, I have all these. You know, all my clients are from. You know, not all, but. A great majority, of those I speak Spanish, were from you know from you know South America, and I I lived in mm-hmm. Bolivia seven years, so mm-hmm. I was spreading the word in Bolivia, and 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 what we did, uh, you know, and I, under the word Ivan and I had all my clients contact their friends and family in in the Dominican Republic and in Bolivia and in Peru and in Ecuador, and so mm-hmm. what we did was fight to get enough people cured from COVID out there. So that people here wouldn't eventually would would, would notice, uh, and, and and that's what happened because you know nine months later I think it was nine yeah uh, Dr Corey came out and and with his um, with his uh, with his video that went viral and mm-hmm. um, you know and what's yeah so so um, yeah I mean it was a, it was a huge fight I mean, you know I was getting death threats I was you know against
1: me and my kids and and who. Uh, uh, officials or just people or groups or who was doing that?
6: I mean, it's in, internet stuff, internet. I mean, there was like, you know, there was one point where, you know, I, cause you know, I tried to spread the word through Facebook and Twitter. I mean, they took down my Facebook page a couple of times. Um, <laughs>
1: Been there. <laughs>
6: do, videos. Yeah, yeah. Still
1: there. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
6: and it was, it was, it was shocking. But you know, what I, what I did is, you know, I went to, I went to, I went to Harvard undergrad, Harvard law school. And so a buddy of mine is, uh, close friends with Sheryl Sandberg and she's number two which was number two at Facebook. Uh, and, and, um, what happened is that, you know, and I knew her back in college, but, but, uh, but I didn't, you know, I are you lost still in contact? You know,
0: she's. Oh, okay. No, no,
6: we're, no. I mean, we're contact. I mean, she knows who I am, especially now,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
6: but, um, but, you know, and, you know, back in the day, it was funny, man. I, mean, I yeah, so you know, I I this is a long story I want to get into, but I knew her well back in the day. So okay. so um, so what happened is that I told her I, I said, listen, uh, you know, because in in I had seen back, you know, I I sent out a letter to the International Criminal Court on May it, on May ninth, twenty twenty, alleging that the suppression of ivermectin in Bolivia and 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 in Brazil and the U.S. constituted a crime against humanity. And so yep. I told my friend who was connected there, I said, listen, you know. I believe that face advertisers, you know, that is going to get them, you know, in trouble. I said, I said, listen, tell Cheryl she's going to be going to jail. If she hasn't, you know, straightened her, you know, out her people at, at Facebook. And two weeks later, um, the chief marketing officer of Facebook stepped down. You know, he said it was for something else. He wanted to make room for like, you know, minorities or well, whatever. More time <laughs> with their like he
1: family. Yeah, got it. Right.
6: Yeah. The, <laughs> so, so so he stepped down, and then suppression stopped. So we were able to continue to get the word out through a group called Ivermectin MD Team on, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, but then suppression started again, and so I reached out to my friend again. And two weeks later, the chief uh, or the head of advertising integrity of Facebook stepped down. So then suppression stopped again. And so we were able to, to get to the point where a guy like you know Dr. Corey could come out because you know, enough people were, seeing, were being cured throughout South America and, and other countries – um, you know, I had clients from Bangladesh, and so I'd let them know about ivermectin. I don't know if they told their family, but you know, um, I told them to. So you were actually
1: so, uh, a lawyer for uh, ivermectin. You were you were using you know helping people get ivermectin uh, when the, when their own country uh, made it illegal or, or suppressed it somehow or suppressed the information on it. Right? Is that what you were doing?
6: Well, I wasn't helping them. I was telling them
0: about it. So you know.
6: Was, oh okay. Um, you know, so this
1: wasn't part of yeah, a legal so I practice. You know, just, I, was, I just I like, just want to get clear you know how, how you were doing it um and so this is on your own then because oh, you're still a lawyer right my, you still have work to do
6: you know i would, I would uh, yeah my clients and my friends and, you know people are you know dying so I, you know they they trust me and and so right. so i said hey listen this thing you know might cure covid you know you think think about it and mm-hmm. uh and 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 it spread like wildfire in in south america because in south america people know ivermectin they use it for like their cows all the time and some people take right. it and so do they have school, a they
1: do they have a human form of it? that they sell? They sell it at the drugstores. Oh yeah,
6: they have a human form too. They have a human okay. form, but you know, it wasn't as commonly used. I mean, it was okay. somewhat used because these are places where there are a lot of parasites, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and actually, I'm discovering that, that I believe that a lot of us have parasites as well, and mm-hmm. so ivermectin is really a good, a healthy thing. It's very, I, mean, I, I, like three days later, I I woke up and I felt great, like amazing. You know, but I had lived in like the jungles of Bolivia, so I probably had a lot of nasty bugs in me. I didn't, I didn't realize I had this stuff. Right. I thought it was just old age. And uh, hmm. and and I woke up and it was it was different. You know, I felt great. So yeah,
1: yeah, so that's was, actually really, well. I want I I to do that too. I want to get a, a, an ivermectin anti-parasite dose. Not that I feel bad, but uh, I've lived you know in, in different countries. I've traveled extensively. You know, all over Europe, all over uh, uh, you know a bunch of places in Central America, um, most on cruise ships stopping in. But you know, stuff happens. So uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? You know, plus all places I've been no, around no, this country, we all have,
6: yeah, we, we all pick up stuff all the time. I think, I think, it, I think everyone should take you know every every few months at least to you know huh. to, to you know ensure they they get rid of their parasites. So their you know system is is great. I tell you the the, the side effects from you know the good side effects that I got from ivermectin were like I you know, they were really good. I mean yep. yeah. Hmm.
1: Now is it available non prescription yeah, in this country no, or, or pers- how does one get it? <laughs> What's that?
6: I'm sorry.
1: How does one get in this country now? You can't discuss what? Well, no, yeah, don't 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 discuss discuss
6: things. Some of the positive side.
1: Oh, that's fine. No, don't dis, don't discuss things you can't discuss. I mean, this is podcast forever, so you know, I I always give a caution, to folks. You know, don't tell me things that you can't tell me. I mean, I, I don't mind. That's okay. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna press you for information. But just on ivermectin, the availability—what does it stand now? Can people buy it in drugstores? Is, is it prescription? Is it non-prescription? Uh, you have to go to alternative health places. How, how does one get it?
6: You know, I, I think I mean, it varies from state to state, I guess. But you know, I'm just I buy the the, uh, the cattle version, and I just take that. Okay. And it's cheap and it's I don't need a prescription. And,
1: How do you figure the dosage? How do you figure the dosage though?
6: You know, I I just use you know, I just use the same dosage that it said on the uh, on on the uh, you know, on the on the packaging for for cows cuz I figure, you know, cow meat and human meat are, are pretty similar. And,
1: yeah, but the, and there's a weight differential. At least I hope so. Anyway, there's a weight differential. No, no, no. But
6: I mean, yeah. No, you. You know, the dosage is is based upon your weight. You know, for instance, right. I I take. Uh, you know, it, it, the bottle says um, one milliliter per 110 pounds or 50 kilos, and uh, right. and so that's how I, I'm taking it. So I take, you know, I take like two milliliters. Now, uh, I take more because it seems that you know ivermectin, you know, over time. Um, you know, it takes more to, to kill COVID and, and takes more just, you know, yeah. So that's, and, uh, and so one milliliter has 10 milligrams of ivermectin.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: And so it's so cheap. I and mean, literally I, I cured my entire family of COVID. It cost me like 10 bucks. And that included the diet. And there
1: in, you've just discussed, you've discovered, and you've stated the entire problem for the fascist government medical complex. Big pharma and big government health didn't want anybody to know that you could cure COVID. of course the doctors can't say cure. We can't, right? Uh, You could cure or treat for almost nothing. And there were two ways to go. There was hydroxychloroquine and there was ivermectin. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they basically negated the billions upon billions of dollars of profits. They would have negated the deaths that would have scared people into taking the vaccines later. Uh, And this whole flandemic, as Judy Mikovits calls it, was based on people not discovering that there were cheap, easily available uh, medicines that had been approved for decades that stopped the COVID virus cold. And I know they knew that because uh, Dr. Fascist, as we call him, the genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, in 2005 said that uh, <clears throat> coronaviruses were, were cured by hydroxychloroquine. So they knew. So they knew they had to ban hydroxychloroquine. They knew they had to ban ivermectin. And I'll let you tell the reason why. Why did they have to do that?
6: Well, you know, you actually. Well, I I heard about it, but 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 you gave me a better a a better understanding about it yesterday. But uh, Mm
0: -hmm. well, the
6: whole you know the whole emergency youth authorization required um, Mm -hmm. that there be no you know no existing approved drug to cure the disease. So they yep. had to, you know, to and get there were vaccines out there. Yeah. Since
1: there were, and, 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 and too. So, right, yeah. go ahead. You got it.
6: So what was funny is this, is that I shot it, <laughs> after that email I shot to these people in uh, in Milan. I sent mm-hmm. an email, I think it was like April 1st to, uh, or April 2nd to, to, and this is before, you know, the doctor came out saying I've already cured COVID to all my college. So not all, but a lot of college, my college friends, like 69 people that I went to Harvard with. And mm-hmm. um, because, you know, these are, these are doctors. These are, you know, these are news people. These are
0: Learned people. people. The and society. I'm thinking, you
6: know, and, and I'm thinking crust. that these guys are going <laughs> to say, hey, you know, these, these guys are going to get the word out. And mm-hmm. so then is that I actually got attacked by one mm-hmm. person. And, How about that? And, yeah, she sent, she sent an email to a friend of mine who sent, you know, and he sent an email he's saying, you know, telling me that she's saying that I should shut up or else. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I engaged with her a little bit, you know, because, you know, I ain't going to back down. So mm-hmm. I found out what, why she was threatening. She, her and her husband had labs working on the vaccine. They owned labs working on the vaccines. And the year before, they'd sold their cancer company for mm-hmm. $200 million. So, you know, they're thinking, okay, here they're thinking that they're going to make, if they make $200 million on, on cancer, they're going to make, you know, $500 million on COVID. And here's comes How about that? saying, you know, tur- turd in the punch bowl saying, no, you can cure this for like a, a buck a, p- a person. And so, so we got into it. and um,
1: Money and then, versus, you know, and money like, versus life. You know, it's life and money. Their, their life is their money. And they were willing to sacrifice millions of lives across the world simply because they wanted the profit.
0: And, yeah. And, that's, feel, and think
1: about that. Think about who these people are. These are people in the, quote, health professions. They're trying to cure cancer. They're selling their business, but they want to get in the vaccine biz for the obscene profits that are only possible when you demonize and make the cures, the cheap, easy to get cures, illegal. They actually made the cures illegal. That's yeah. what happened. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, it shocked me. I mean, I, I you know, my whole uh, outlook on life is, has changed,
1: you know, mm-hmm. based upon
6: the last couple of years, and my outlook on my friends. I mean, I, I was, you know, I was well liked at Harvard. I was like a marshal, and you know, selected like to be a marshal. What's a marshal? Like- What's a marshal? A marshal, like you, you know, at the at the, uh, the at the graduation, you get to like dress in a top hat and, 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 and coattails. Normally, they just they just like choose billionaires, but someone chose me. Like, <laughs> I got, like, a I, no, I, I didn't even know who got, who chose me, and I, I thought it was a mistake. And, they, and then when I went there, and the Harvard alumni says no, Jay, you know Harvard doesn't make mistakes. And so I was
1: like, yeah. <laughs> of course so, not. So I, you know, because COVID. So I wore
6: my, my, my top hat, and you know I'm having right. a great time. I got you know, and, and so I was loved at Harvard. And all of a sudden this comes on, and and no, I'm no longer loved at Harvard. Uh, so among <sighs> my friends, because you know,
0: because I was uh, the order. You know, I,
6: yeah. I went against my, you know, so it was, it was, it's been tough, man. It's been really tough. Mm-hmm. I've made new friends, mm-hmm. like you. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Others.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is fascinating uh, because it became, it's like climate change. You know, you have to be a believer. Well, uh, Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, if science is is true, then whether I believe in it or not makes no difference. The sun is going to rise and fall in the sky like it does, you know, because the earth rotates and it goes around the sun, you know, whether I believe it does or not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it doesn't matter. And so true science is independent of beliefs. And yet, so here's the question. Why was it so important Mm -hmm. for people to believe in the government COVID solution at Harvard?
6: Well, I believe because they were all, I mean, this is, this goes back many years. I mean, I'm starting Mm -hmm. to see, you know, how we were kind of indoctrinated over these past, you know, you know, from little kids to think Mm -hmm. this way, but also, but also, you know, there's, there's money involved, there's Mm -hmm. threats involved, you know, these people get, you know, they, they're, they're part of the system. And, you know, once they're part of the system, I think, you know, they're, they're part of the system. And then, and, and, you know, they've got their, their houses and their, you know, kids going to really, really, really good schools. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, you come up with this other option, and even though it's going to save lives, you know, their bosses are going to say, you better shut up about this, because otherwise, you know, all this goes away. Hmm. And so, you know, so that's, I you know, so some, you know, got it, you know, these guys, I mean, the, the guys who run this world, they work like Pablo Escobar, you know, they they, they offer, you know, plata o plomo. You know, silver or or lead, you know. So so some people, you know, they, they they uh you know, they they get the silver and that gets them to go along. Some people mm-hmm. it takes lead and so a combination of all that because, you know, people who I respected, you know, went really silent. And mm-hmm. and
1: uh Not here. <laughs> We've been doing this for two years with you. Yeah. We've been doing it independently of each other, but we need to do more stuff together as far as working together, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh.
6: And what's amazing to me is that these are some of the nicest people you'd ever meet in the world. You would never mm-hmm. think that they'd be on board with killing somebody.
1: Until but, you know, but when it comes, until yeah. you challenge their fundamental beliefs. Now these are, now, you've been to Harvard, I haven't. Uh, I I you know live near Harvard. I actually went to high school in, uh in Lexington, Massachusetts, so it's just drove from Harvard. Oh okay. So, All right. so I was in the neighborhood. Yeah, I was in the hood. Um, But it was interesting that, uh, and I know folks that went to Harvard, and I thought, you know, me being the the immigrant off the boat, there was no way I was going to get to Harvard, you know, know, for for a variety of reasons. Um, But that's another story. But what's interesting is the environment there. These are the elites. These are the people that come from the billionaire families. They go to Phillips Exeter Academy and other prep schools. They go to these private boarding schools, Andover Academy. So they've been in private schools their entire lives, and they have an entitlement mentality. And they think that going to Harvard is a rite of passage, that of course they're going to Harvard. Why would they go anywhere else? I'll get into the affirmative action cases in a minute because we haven't talked about those, um, but I think that might be fun to kind of delve into that a little bit. But you've got entitlement mentality, and you've got uh, people that, uh, that think that uh, the, the, the government's the way to go, that the power, is their, the power is theirs. They're the elite. Well, maybe expand on that a little bit further, but how much of the power elite, how much of the, the expectation, the entitlement mentality... Um, existed when you were there at Harvard, and do you think that's the root of this, or are there other things going on?
6: Um, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. It's, it's not you know Harvard is a very you know complicated place, and, and you know huh. there there not everybody is 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 uh, from you know the big wealthy families. There are also people like me who can come from you know not wealth, and and so those people, you know,
0: okay.
6: are even less free to say something because you know they're you know all of a sudden you know. They don't want to go back to how they used to live, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
6: And, you know oh, okay. The that
1: makes sense. Who, who, so like to, you're in? Cancer... That, was, that yeah. was the ticket to yes. fame and fortune and, and, and wealth and prosperity and yeah. uh, all, all the, the American dream was, was to go to Harvard?
6: Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, this person who, who, um, who, who uh, you know, challenged me, you know, whose husband and her own this cancer company, they sold for $200 million. Her dad, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe he was a bus driver, a bus driver a truck driver. They don't come for money, and all of a sudden, you know, they're making a lot of money, and they don't want to go back to not making money, and um, and so they, you know, in in a way are 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 the worst because they're really, you know, they're you know,
1: so their money is more important than than mass human life. So and this is is, let me ask you about the doctors too because you got that same mentality. You've got doctors that are willing to not give early treatments. Admit people to hospitals, give fraudulent PCR tests, put people on remdesivir, which is a failed Ebola drug that fills you know, people's chests yeah. with fluids. So they have to go on a ventilator and then they die. And all along the way, people yeah. make money from the PCR test to the coroner is about $130,000. We established that at our world's greatest doctors panel. So you've got doctors, you've got an entire healthcare system willing to kill people for $130 as opposed to save them for 20 What kind of a person can do that?
6: well you know my actually my first email out before i even sent an email to um to these to these people in milan was an email mm-hmm. to my college roommates and one of my college roommates he's like a top you know he's a, a top uh, liver transplant surgeon like a really big guy and mm-hmm. really good at what he does and I, and i thought you know he would he would go for it and and, and you know, and, and but he emailed me back. and says, "You know, Jay, uh, you know, COVID's not a not a parasite." And I joked back and I said, "Yeah, I know it's a, it's a bit C bacteria." You know, because we joke mm-hmm. all the time. So, and so then I spoke with him on the phone afterwards, and he and he said, "Jay, you know, there's a lot of people going to be looking at this, and they're going to find repurposed drugs, and they and they're going to figure out. So, you know, don't worry about it." And but the thing is that you know, and then at one point, you know, he was going to he was going to um, to uh, he, you know, he told me he was going to have his people at his university look at it, and mm-hmm. um, and then I didn't hear from him. And I, and, and did, quite did, frankly, what I saw that <laughs> I, I saw yeah. his university was, you know, was really involved in developing the vaccine.
1: You Uh-oh. know, um, part of the system. Well, let me yeah, ask this, you another question this, too. This was,
6: like, this was Vanderbilt. Go. Vanderbilt. You know Vanderbilt, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Cornelius yeah, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt like one the, of the the great industrialists. They, they called robber barons. I know Vanderbilt. Yeah
6: yeah but but Vanderbilt was really really involved- later I found out they were really involved in making the vaccines because so you know i, I you interesting. Know, uh, all these doctors worked in different ways some you know i i think i think also doctors you know like lawyers you know um we were kind of brainwashed and you know and that's why you know what you're doing with with your with your um with your idea about about you know changing the law using you know your, your system i think is very interesting because mm-hmm. you know you're not a lawyer but you know nope. your brain you know your brain is is then your brain is not compromised you know your thinking is not compromised and i think the same with doctors you know doctors get their thinking compromised and and, uh, you know, that's why I, I believe that, that others, you know, people, you know, it's important to you've got to respect people's careers, you know, or people's professions. But also, you know, you've got to defend yourself. You know, you've got to be out there, you know, get into the books and learn about the medicine. You know, just because you're not a doctor doesn't mean you, you, can't, you can't do it. You know, uh, if, if, you know, learn about the laws just because you're not a lawyer doesn't mean you can't do it. You know, I mean, you're a thinking person, you can read. But they want to tell you uh, you can't
1: do it. No, wait a minute. They want to say that doctors are experts, exactly. only they can tell you medical things. Lawyers are experts, only they can tell you about the law. It's a bunch of BS. We prove that here every day. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go
1: well, ahead. I, got, I got a bunch of questions for you. But uh, um, do you see what the doctors are doing as as like, uh, you know, it's almost like the, the, the Nazis. I'm just following orders. I mean, the the, the guards of the concentration camps, you know, they were just normal, decent people doing normal, decent jobs until they became Nazis and killed people. You know, and that transition is is quite fascinating, by the way. It doesn't take much to make someone a torturer. You know, you just convince them it's the right thing to do. The government says so. You're just following orders. Mm -hmm. It's approved. All right. That's how you you make somebody a torturer. You know, in the same way, these doctors, do you think that they were, quote, just following orders, you know, as it came out of the Nuremberg trials? In fact, the Nuremberg Health Code, where you can't. Just follow orders. You have to have informed consent. You have to give people personal choice. That's what the Nuremberg Code's all about. But do you see the doctors and the lawyers too as, quote, just following orders when it comes to COVID? Uh, you want to think about it? <laughs> you can think about it. Yeah,
0: no,
6: it, 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 that's, a tough, that's a tough call. I mean, it's not something okay. I, you know, I mean, I go back and forth on it. And, yeah. and I, you know, but you know is that you know, these guys really dropped the ball. These guys really dropped the ball. I mean, they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> they should be I, – I, I don't even know, you know. I, I, and I think so you don't think it are. was
1: intentional? Are. So are they are they, no, no, no. Are they I, negligent I, I think, or are I they think, criminal? I, There's a difference.
6: I think it depends on the person. Each person, okay. their situation has to be – because some people, you know, they were part of this. They were like, you know, actually they knew about it. They were making money mm-hmm. on it. You know, right. like, and, and, you know, those are like, you know, guys like, like Fauci, you know, and mm-hmm. he should go to jail or, you know, or, you know
1: there is no punishment yeah, should, severe yeah. enough for <laughs> that man. There's nothing you can do to make him pay for the damage he's done to humanity. It, it's impossible. You can't do, there's nothing you can do to him. You know, uh, that's the way I feel, but I'll settle for and,
6: and, and what was crazy. What was crazy with Fauci is, is this, you, mm-hmm. know, this is what, you know, cause I, I saw this in, in, um, I saw this in, in, in the spring and summer of, of 2020, because, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to, I'm trying to get out the word about ivermectin. And then mm-hmm. he comes out, this drug remdesivir. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and. How much, and how much were the crazy, remdesivir
1: treatments? Do you remember how much the treatments were?
6: Yeah, they were like, what, $3,000 a piece or something like yeah.
1: that? I've heard between three and four. Yeah, exactly. So that's and they I would give you rounds through, of it. it well, let's through. follow the money. So here's another question that's for you, I, um, yeah, we I'll get Pianka here too in just a minute. Um, do you see what happened with COVID in terms of the government, uh, big pharma fascist, you know, amalgamation? Do you see that as imposing uh, a national health care system through fear, whereas the, where the federal government was controlling all aspects of medicine and COVID, and also controlling politics? In terms of lockdowns, mass mandates, school closures, business closures, and things like that, and entirely regu- not only regu- creating a national healthcare system de facto, but actually creating a dictatorship in many ways. But let's just focus <laughs> on the national healthcare. Do you see this as as imposing an entire healthcare system on this country through COVID? Yes. Okay.
6: Just exa- what you said. I agree exactly with that. That's that's it. Okay. You hit the nail on the head.
1: So now what? Now what do we do?
6: Well, I think I think um, I think. Well, first of all, we got to you know do well in the in the midterms. Okay. We got to do well. So, you know. And, and then, how much faith know. do you
1: have in the Republican Party that has not corrected the election, that has allowed a coup to stand, that has already surrendered to the Democrats, saying they will not investigate, will not impeach, and will not do anything? How much faith do you have in them correcting what happened with COVID?
6: Not necessarily that much. I do have <laughs> more faith that. in Rand Paul. I, I like him, and and okay. um, and I like him back in the day. It's funny. I, I, I didn't know much about him, but but he really came through on 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 COVID. Him and, and Senator Johnson. Um, and and uh, I was reading a, an article the other day. You know, it, it comes it came to me through my Apple News from the Washington Post, talking about how you know. Biden's people are shaking in their in their boots because they're afraid that Rand Paul is going to is going to run up, you know, is going to be running uh, uh, one of the committees in the in the Senate which deals with with health issues, and that he's going to, you know, and he's he said I'm going to, you know, I'm start you know investigations, and so they're shaking their boots over that, um, and the Washington Post admits it, so. Um,
1: well, there's a problem. You know, so that's why- Rand Paul's wife bought stock in COVID treatment company. Here's the New York Post from August 12th of 2021. Uh, we got Rand and, and wife uh, Kelly. Uh, Senator, Senator Rand Paul revealed Wednesday in a disclosure that was more than a year ago. It happened, right? Bought up to $15,000 worth of shares in Gilead Sciences, a biotech company that has brought to the market the first drug designed to, to treat COVID-19. Well, that's not true either. The manager yeah. and what was that drug? What, what drug did Gilead Services Sciences produce?
6: Oh, Gilead, uh, Remdesivir.
1: Exactly. So now, how much faith do you have in Ron Paul? Yeah. In Rand Paul?
6: Listen, I don't. I don't think for fifteen grand, it's going to make. You know, I mean, it's it's going to. No, but if if it, know, it turned into
1: a got... hundred grand, how much? How much is that stock worth now? Because of Remdesivir.
6: I, I don't know. That's true. That I don't true. either. No, good yeah. point. But okay. but uh but listen. So he's he's co-opted. Point, he's uh
1: he's compromised.
6: I don't know if that that would compromise the
1: person. You know,
6: it might. It might.
1: Why didn't they buy stock know, in uh, UPS? <laughs> Why didn't they buy stock in I don't know, Westinghouse?
6: I I, buy, I think buy stock that, in uh, Apple don't. computers.
1: <laughs> oh, cool, because that's big yeah. tech. Yeah. I, I'm just curious. I, just I mean, why kind... Gilead Services? That sounds like insider. Wait a minute, think about this for a second. They bought Gilead Services right at the time, just before Remdesivir was approved. Wouldn't you call that insider trading? Well,
6: that's different. That's different. Now, if he, you know, if it's inside information that he knows his company is going to be taken off,
1: then mm-hmm.
6: yeah, that's a real. That's stupid. I don't know why they would do that. I mean, what? Because
1: you know? it makes money. Why, why does Nancy Pelosi do it? Why does Paul Pelosi buy stock based on, you know, insider information from Nancy Pelosi to get rich? <laughs> Crazy. Right? No, no, it's it's business. Listen, did you, did you listen to my first hour? I, I had a bunch of revelations that, that I never even planned on. Uh, that just kind of happened. Let me Pianchi in the conversation. Pianchi, do you have a comment on what we're doing so far? We got about uh, twenty minutes left.
2: No, I'm trying to find out what Renditions is selling for now.
1: <laughs> oh, Gilead, thought, look up Gilead, G-I-L-E-A-D. Well, I've got a question for you, a different question, something that you've been posting about a whole lot, and that is Dr. Robert Malone. So can you tell me yeah, the story yeah. of Dr. Robert Malone, please?
6: Okay, well, you know, when he, when he first came out... Mm-hmm.
1: Um... Are you there still? Are you thinking? Are you looking up stuff? Wait, I'm
6: gonna, I'm gonna about
1: like, you, you can you think i can talk it's, it's, what, it's yeah
6: I, I, okay. i'm thinking about what i can tell you and what i can't
1: All oh I know so you're being is a lawyer this. i don't have that problem i just well, say no 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 <laughs>
6: I'm a, lawyer. I'm not being a lawyer what happens is that I, I open the bible and it tells me what to say and whatnot you know
1: you know oh, okay I, well, I, I can just wait yeah.
6: yeah and um and and for some reason
1: hmm listen we consulting the when Bible, you, which is fine. Look
6: at, look at, when you look at how this guy kind of rose up, and you look at his mm-hmm. background
0: mm-hmm. and
6: how he came into the whole thing. Um, listen, Let's I'm, see who I'm, he is, I'm, first of all. First I, of all, he's I'm, the one I that created – like, Don't talk about this. For some reason, the Bible is like, don't talk about it. I don't even know why. But, you know, the truth is – I'm going to talk about you it. Know, but, um, <laughs> Sorry,
1: God. You know, but it's, uh, yeah, no, uh well, it's,
6: it's, 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 listen, um, keep your mind open about everybody. I, I am. Yeah, no, I'm talking, no, no, I know yours is, but I'm telling you oh. now, you know, telling you your now, really keep your mind open about any, everybody. And that, and, okay. you know, every involved
1: what? in this movement,
6: because you never well, know. It's you... like, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. keep okay, on, You know. These, you know these this these guys um you know who
1: who run
6: this thing you know they're slick and they're you know they know how to you know they know how to how to work double agents and all that kind of stuff they're you know hmm. i mean they' you know they know how to they know how to do things so just keep your mind open you know um
1: which is why I say if I'm ever not here one day it won't be my choice it'll be theirs so just to, just to, just to get that clearly out there yeah that uh you know and I, 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 you know if you ever hear about uh you know uh you know my suicide or my premature death or all uh, whatever else or my disappearance or or an accident in some way no 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 that's them <laughs> so I'm pretty careful i' I've, I've been a flight instructor i'm you know I'm, I'm aware of stuff yeah yeah these Go ahead
6: guys, these guys have technology that they can you know they can give you cancer from servants sure. they can do that you know, know. They can give, you know, they, they can kill you however they want, you know, in a way that mm-hmm. you'll never find, you know, no, you know, you won't be able to prove it. They're not going to, you know.
1: Um, yeah, but here's the thing, though. The idea is already out there. I mean, there's enough people that know about Action Radio and know that citizens can write bills and that they can get on the president's desk. So I've already accomplished my mission. I'm already, you know, in many ways, I've yeah, already done as what as I wanted as as to do. Know. But that's, yes, that, but I'm not know. done yet. <laughs> you know, so, so I'm still here. So I'm going to keep going. Well, let me ask you um um uh something else i was gonna ask you about this whole well well malone let me let me say about he who he is because i don't mind talking about it so he is the person that invented the um the messenger rna vaccine so rna is the is the the substance that uh, tells your dna the, the code of your entire body what to do It's temporary and it allows for cell divisions and it does some some really neat stuff. It's called a messenger because it carries a message. As soon as the message is delivered, it dissolves and there's no RNA anymore. What the shot does, what the COVID jab does, is it keeps the messenger RNA messaging for a whole lot longer, and the bad message is they're creating spike proteins and doing some other things that are really horrible to you. That's for the blood clots, mm-hmm. the, the myocarditis, the swelling of the heart, the, the, the brain blood clots, the blood-brain barrier, all, those, all the horrible things that come, come from the messenger RNA keeping that message going when it's not supposed to. Okay, so, uh, mm-hmm. and as far as, uh, you know, and it, you talk to Judy Mikeovitz and the COVID shot is COVID. It gives you COVID. It teaches your body how to make spike protein. Mm. And this is what's so dangerous about yeah. it. So, why would, so why, would they, why would they create a situation well, they mandate something that gives you the very thing they're trying to prevent.
6: Exactly. Why? You, I
1: know why? why, you, know why? Yeah. you know why? You know why? Come on. You know why? I'll tell you. To make money.
0: Good.
1: So they're actually, yeah. now think about this too. This is the perfect marketing plan. You've got a fascist cooperation between big pharma and government. <clears throat> big pharma, which has no uh, cost liability. They didn't have to pay for the research, the development, the transportation, the manufacture, the advertising, the printing. The storage, they didn't have to pay for anything, and yet they got all the profits. How did that happen? Because we, the taxpayers, paid for it. Well, how did that happen? Because the government took our tax money and gave it to, uh, to Big Pharma to produce. Oh, they produce all this, this, this warp speed vaccine, which isn't a vaccine. It's a messenger RNA gene therapy shot. And so, but Big Pharma gets all the profits with none of the risk. It's like a gambler who keeps the winnings and, the, and gets the losings back. <laughs> you know, that's So there's nothing to lose. Yeah. So the perfect marketing scheme is you create fear, you create demand. All right. You create demand for mm-hmm. product you, for those that don't have, they don't create demand. They mandate it. <laughs> they make you take it. All right. They, they make you mm-hmm. take something that gives you the very disease that it says it cures, but they convince people that this is the prevention. So the people are taking the vaccine, getting the disease, thinking, well, I need more vaccine because you got the disease. Mm-hmm. If you get COVID after a COVID shot, well, obviously you need more COVID shots not realizing it's the COVID shot that gave it to you in the first place. It's the perfect marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. It's like food that makes you hungry. You know why they put salt on food Mm, because then you buy drinks. So why in the movie theaters, they put salt on popcorn. So you buy drinks, you know why the drinks have Mm -hmm. salt in them. So you buy more drinks. Okay. So it's, it's food and drink. It's like food and drink that makes you hungry and thirsty. It's a self-perpetuating marketing scheme. It's like the flu shot. The more flu shots you get, the lower your immunity to flu requiring ever more and ever stronger. flu shots. So they make money and the government Mm -hmm. requires it in many cases. How am I doing?
6: You're doing well, and that's why, you know, yeah, I, I'm glad, yeah. Well. Okay,
1: so, which brings us to vaccine product liability. So tell me what you
6: feeling about Malone. Tell me What's about you're feeling about Malone. Tell me how you feel um, about him. About well,
1: I didn't think about it at first, because you alerted me to something that I had not considered, which is very good. And so, I think that uh, I'm suspicious of him now. Uh, I've got to read your stuff again a little more carefully, but here's what I think. I know he came out as the hero. He was the one that was describing the stuff, but then I found out he he was uh, he'd had you know several jabs. And thinking to myself, wait a minute, here's the guy that invented it, talking about the dangers of it. Yet he's been jabbed anyway. That seems to me a little incongruous. So now I'm getting suspicious. And you come yeah. along, and say, well, wait a minute, who is this guy? And then the fact that he worked for the companies that developed the the bogus you know snake oil jab that is giving people COVID. Because you notice all the people now who get COVID have had COVID shots. Well, how can that be? Mm-hmm. When's the last When's the last time you heard of a celebrity or a public official or a public uh, figure <laughs> that got COVID that did not have any vaccinations at all?
6: Yeah, no, I haven't heard of it. Sure.
1: Exactly. Well, why is that? Well, it's because we're all immune because we had COVID, we got over it, now we're we're immune to it. All right, mm-hmm. but if if you have the vaccine, you're not immune to it. So the vaccine, like I say, the vaccine destroys your natural immunity. So not only does it give you COVID, it destroys your ability to fight COVID. It's the perfect marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, now now you see how evil these people are. Yeah. So what's the cure? Yeah, it's the cure. Hard. The cure is vaccine product liability. And here's what's going to happen: if we get vaccine product liability, you will see the most massive an instant recall on the planet.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: will, that, those, all those jabs will be off the market. And then what they'll say is they'll have a massive lawsuit and they'll have a massive campaign that says that uh, no ex post laws, you know, liability only applies after the bill is passed and they'll delay passage as long as possible to sell as much as possible so they can pay for their recall. They'll take their profits and they'll run to uh, Jamaica or some non-extradition country. <laughs> That's what they'll do. So, you're, you're a lawyer. Tell me about product liability. Let's let's get your perspective. What is product liability?
6: Well, listen. A product liability. I mean, I, you know, it, it's something that says you know you're liable for the product you produce. Now, mm-hmm. now, I, something that that an idea that's been going on in my head is mm-hmm. you know I you know, they're protected by the federal government. However, mm-hmm. however, you know, case where you know the federal government has protections of uh this is the remington case where they i believe it's remington where they, the federal government was protecting you know gun manufacturers and these guys were able to get around that by using the consumer uh you know consumer protection statutes of each of each state and 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 so i kind of flipped that around i'm thinking you know what maybe we can use that against these you know these federal protections you know each state has consumer fraud protection statutes you know, and and uh, these statutes might be able to using the same kind of arguments that they used against the uh, the gun manufacturers. Uh, federal protections, they might be able to, to uh, use that to get around the federal protections against the vaccines. And people could sue on, on that basis. So, you know, I'm throwing yeah, it out so there. The, gun,
1: the guns are safe They're and effective. Lawyers. That's the difference. <laughs> guns are safe and effective. They yeah. work as advertised. So well, you're making a really good point. Let me explain to people what the, what the difference is. The the people wanted to, the governments, the, the liberals, the gun controllers wanted to sue the manufacturer of a gun for its use in a criminal action. Okay. That's is not for the purpose of justice or for law. That's to punish gun manufacturers because they hate guns. So they wanted to use yeah. the law against the gun manufacturers by bringing up bogus cases. They said, "Well, the gun manufacturer is responsible. They marketed assault weapons to gang members. It's their fault that uh, you know MS13 gangbanger X killed you know a fourteen-year-old girl. It's their fault. It's the manufacturer's fault." Well, if that were true then the manufacturers of, uh, I don't know, steak knives would be responsible for murders. The manufacturers of baseball bats would be responsible for murders. The manufacturers of SUVs would be responsible for that guy that uh, drove into the, the parade uh, watchers in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But, but they're not. Yeah. So, yeah. Why yeah. Is, so why are these other industries protected you know, from uh, – so that's not product liability. Um, those, those things are not being used as no, intended. No, no, the truck is designed liability. to haul people and stuff. Not designed to kill people. No, no. Even no, though
6: it can. But what, what I'm saying is this. Right. I'm saying use the same statutes. These no, I know what you're saying. I was I,
1: just explaining product liability. Yeah, no, no.
6: Uh, so yeah. now, I'm, I'm, listen. I'm so pro Second Amendment. I'm like really so. So that's why I was, like, okay. I was mad about this. But then, mm-hmm. but so that. But I was like, you know what though? I'm going to switch it around on them, and I'm going to use yeah. it against the
1: vaccines.
6: Now, is that makes sense. You know,
1: is, is it safe and effective? Yeah. Now, well, here's the, let me just go over a couple of things, because I want to I get this clear in people's minds, too. So what, the reason yeah. that the government prohibited those lawsuits against gun manufacturers was because they weren't for their intended purpose. They were trying to destroy the gun companies, and the gun companies were producing illegal products. And so that's why, those, that's why the preemption law says so you can't do that. You can't sue a gun company for the purpose of, of, of putting it out of business simply because you don't like their product. So then let's get to consumer protection mm-hmm. with guns. Guns are one of the most consumer-protected regulated uh, industries out there. You know, if a gun is unsafe and unaffected, if a gun goes off by accident, if a gun goes off when it's dropped, if a gun goes off, you know, for any any number of reasons, it's now not safe yeah. and effective. Consumer product safety laws take over. You look at the guns out there, the Glocks, the Sigs, the Smith & Wessons, the Rugers, you know, the, the all those wonderful, uh, the, the European guns, like the Walthers and the... And the, 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 the Browning, you know, all those different guns, all right? Wonderful guns. That they, like, they my, are, like my Beretta M9. Like my Beretta your Beretta, M9, exactly. Beretta's been in gun, they, S- they've S- been S- making S- guns for 400 S- years, S- right? So, you got, so these are yeah. wonderful companies. They make a product that is safe and effective. If a gun is not safe, guess what happens? They do get sued for that, and that's legitimate. So if you're suing the gun manufacturer to put them out of business because you don't like guns, that's not legitimate. If you're suing a gun manufacturer because they did produce a, a, a faulty gun, that's product liability. Mm-hmm. Right, they're yeah. liable for their product. Yeah. Okay, so in the same way, now consumer protection says that you're that would be the Federal Trade Commission. So here's where, so uh, I would go Federal Trade Commission, which handles at the federal level, and the Attorney General at the state level handles consumer protection. Consumer protection. So in mm-hmm. other words, you can take a gun off the market if it's unsafe, just like you can take uh, you know remember Toyota recalls. They had the Toyotas were were suddenly accelerating outrageously, and people were dying because mm-hmm. they didn't know how to use they didn't know how to use neutral idiots. Um, you know, <laughs> but, the, but that's but – so, so, so if you bring a consumer product uh, safety lawsuit, so what you're saying is the vaccine mm-hmm. is not safe and effective, and that's actually easy to prove. So tell me how you do it. Would you go attorney general? Would you go FT, Federal Trade Commission? How would you do it?
6: Um, yeah, I would just sue them in federal court.
1: Or how do you sue court. them? In, what, so, court. so tell me – give me some lawyer information. How do you sue them? Who do you talk to? How do you file? What do you do? How does a how does lawsuit actually get created? I'm kind of curious. How do you bring a lawsuit? Uh, well,
6: I mean, you know, a regular person, you know, a, a non-lawyer can go to their their um, you know go to their 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 local court, you know, federal mm. or state, and and they can ask you know how to start a, a pro se you know lawsuit, and mm. they explain it to you how to do it. This yeah is intriguing. And 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 yeah, and and that was actually yeah, I mean that was something that you know. Yeah, well how do you do day, it? Do you
1: do you fill out paperwork? Do you talk to people? Do you have to pay yeah, money? Yeah, how, can, how do you actually do it? How do you yeah. actually file a well, lawsuit? You know, Tell me.
6: Well each each state is different but, but okay. you know and each each location is different. You know, but you, you okay, basically just state. go down but they all have these they all have pro se, um pro se arrangements. And basically you just go down there. Go to the court, mm-hmm. ask the clerk, how do I start a pro se lawsuit? And he'll explain. Like, okay, you know, you, you fill out this document. You know, you, okay. you make your allegations, your facts, mm-hmm. stuff like that. What happened? And mm-hmm. then you, um, you know, you, you, you serve the other side, you know, and they'll explain how, how it gets done. It's, it, and, and then you're in a lawsuit.
1: We're going to pay and for that, right? We're going to pay for is. serving them? Yeah. <laughs> do we have to pay for serving uh, other people? Well,
6: you know, well. Or oh, do I walk into should... their
1: office myself? <laughs>
6: Each state is different, and each location is different, but in new york where, where you know you can you can um what you do is you you can um you 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 can ask the court to to waive the fees like this, the fee the filing fee is like three hundred dollars, and you can ask the court to to waive that based upon your financial situation you you file oh, what's called the poor person, David. and then okay. um and then and then they'll explain to you how how to serve you, yeah sometimes it costs money to serve. But mm-hmm. sometimes you can just mail it, you know, and and uh, and 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 they'll explain it, it it really well there. Each each location is different, and and each court is different. But so I can walk did, into a
1: federal court. I can walk into a federal court and bring about with. Uh, oh, I probably walk into state court. So I can go to. I say I want to have the state attorney general sue uh, Pfizer, you know, for for fifteen billion dollars. Uh, because they're, they're, you know, a, they're killing people. Here's the evidence, here's the results. Here's the VAERS study. Here's the CDC documentation. I get John Cullen for that. He's the data expert and and say, here's the, here's the evidence. You know, I want to sue these. Do you have to prove that the, now what if they say it's a frivolous lawsuit, then what do you do?
6: Well, I mean, you know, th- that's always the danger, but you know, I mean, I, I okay. you know, you've, you know, you've, you, know, you've, you've got to make your arguments. And what we did, so what we did, you know, I, I was working, um, um you know, when 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 this all came out, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of I, I had an idea. You know, when when the whole you know, the, the um uh, you know, the uh the vaccinations came mandatory vaccinations came out, I had an idea, you know, because people could not get lawyers to defend them in these cases. So what I did I prepared because, well, there, there's no money in it. And uh and there's only danger of being hit with a frivolous lawsuit claim. And so what Cather. I did is I I prepared, Yeah.
1: So what were I did, there I prepared a pro.
6: I I, I I prepared a pro state complaint which uh-huh. were people could take to the court on their own to sue and I don't know how many people did that but um hmm. but we we you know and, and then later I, I worked with a uh, I was working with a group called uh, I was General Counsel's group called uh, former fed freedom uh foundation and and we prepared and you can go on their website a uh-huh. w w uh, freedom yeah former org so they've got a a template there where, where you can sue uh, for, you know, you can sue your employer for, for firing you uh, for taking, you know, for, 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 you know, for your, now you tell me not (laughs) one.
1: I wanted to, this particular employer, I wanted to do that too, but that's another story. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, you you can still
6: can you you can still get, you can still, you know, sue them and get damages for that because, you know, what, what argument is that is uh, that they, by failure, failing, you know, failing to treat uh, those, you know, who, who, You know, with natural immunity, the same as those with vaccine-acquired immunity, was uh, you know, violation of the equal protection clause, and and you know, and and that's a good complaint. I mean, I've put a lot of work in that. It's like sixty pages long, I think, and and then it's got its uh, you know, its its exhibits, and and it's strong. And so you know, you got you know, you got to put your name in and change that, and you know, it shows you know, everything is is put in bold where you got to change it, and then. but but a thinking person can can do it, you know. Someone and takes taking the time, and they can do it on their own. And they can they can sue people, you know. They can sue you. You can, you can sue your employer, for, you know, because it also shows a connection. It it, de- it develops uh, a connection where the basically the employer, the private entity, and the government are conspiring, uh, right. and so the the private entity becomes as liable for you know violations of your constitutional, you know. Um, you know, constitutional rights as the as the as the government, you know, they because they're working together. And I found an old civil rights case where that was that was used, and and uh, and it worked. And so hmm. it's so so, so it's, that's all in there. That's all in there. And and I think I think you know it just takes someone with some guts, you know, and 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 some hey, you know, try to you know to to go you know go after their, their um you know their their employer to do it. And 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 if they don't, even if they don't want to do it on their own, they can go to a lawyer and take something like this because that's another thing is that lawyers, you know, are unwilling to do it because it's so hard. You know, lawyers are lazy. You know, we're lazy. We like, you know, we like the easy things. We,
0: you know, no the, kidding. all
6: these, you know, we, we, we do everything based upon templates. You know, all these, you know, these, these personal injury lawyers, you know, they, it's already been done before. So all you got to do is change the names and and, and so this wasn't something totally new. And so lawyers are not willing to take something like that on if you don't unless you know you give them a lot a lot of money. You know, a, a complaint like this would take yeah. would cost like <laughs> a hundred thousand. A complaint, a complaint like this would, talk, would, 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 would cost like hundred thousand dollars, one hundred fifty thousand dollars to, to prepare. But if you give a lawyer this this uh, template, you know he might charge you a few thousand to file. You know, because all he's got okay. to do is change names. Got, you know, he's, got, he's got it all you know all set for him. So I think that's I think that's uh, that's another thing that you know
1: people can use that. All right, let's get to Bianchi here. Bianchi, you had a point.
2: Well, Gilly is selling for seven twenty nine now a share, but this began back right around the time Mr. Obama got in office when it was around fifty two dollars a share.
1: Well, I, I got my and ten made, second warning. Make, what was what was it back then? When Obama was there? What was it selling for? 50, about 52 dollars. We it made a jump in 2012.
2: Yeah, when Biden got in, it was about the 280.
1: And it's now 700.
2: 729.95.
1: So why would it jump when when uh, Brandon took office? Because it wasn't as, it, obviously. I guess it wasn't as big a deal during 2020. Well, it when really
2: if you, it really looked like some somebody was talking around the time Obama got. You know, because going all the way back to two, 2013, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 203, it pretty much have ran level for the last, uh you know, seven years or so.
1: So, and
2: Gilead
1: was a, so Gilead was $50 a share for, for I guess, through the Obama administration. Well, 2005 this when Fauci announced that uh, hydroxychloroquine cures COVID or, or cures coronaviruses, not necessarily COVID-19. He stated that. That's how I knew actually, he knew. Gilly, that, uh, actually in two
2: thousand and four Gillian was around four dollars. Fourteen dollars, four dollars, six dollars in uh two thousand and four. Okay. It began to start running up around two thousand and six. But it didn't do too it didn't do anything extraordinary. Extra but when you got to the time of 20, 2008, it started moving.
1: Huh. Is that when they created the uh, Remdesivir for Ebola?
2: 2012, it really jumped. It looked like you was jumping over high hurdles or something.
1: Huh. Well, what were they producing then? Do we know why? I don't or does know. It, get... it oh. would
2: have had been information. I don't know. Maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe COVID is a long-term plan. I don't know.
1: Well, here's the timeline. Uh, 2017 is when uh, Moderna uh, said we've hacked the software of life 2010 is when Moderna was created which is modern with messenger RNA that's what Moderna is you know it's, 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 that's why it's called Moderna you know, from it's, 2012
2: you know, from 2000 huh? uh, 2011 a lot of volume was beginning to pick up and when you have a lot of volume starting to pick up that means that some ears is hearing something
1: well, that's when the whole vaccine thing started with Moderna, with with messenger RNA vaccines that aren't really vaccines, they're gene shots. So that actually makes sense. You know, if they picked up during Brandon, I think Trump wasn't as big on remdesivir because they were waiting for the vaccines to come out. But it's interesting, the COVID deaths jumped dramatically after the vaccines came out. Oh, boy. Did you see the article? Here's one for you guys. And then we'll uh, – we'll, we'll uh, the funeral business is booming this year, all right? This is from Unreported Truths. This is uh, – Oh, who did this? One? I just posted this article. Alex Berenson, who was a New York Times reporter that got kicked out, that uh, got banned on all social media. He says, "How bad is the rise in mortality?" He says, "So bad, the funeral companies are starting to worry." Today's Service Corporation International, the largest for-profit funeral operator in North America, had, had its quarterly earnings call. SCI has had another great quarter. You'd be pleased to hear. So far in 2022, the company has made almost 500 million dollars in profits. This is a funeral company, right? And its stock rose more than 10% today after its earnings report. And this is SCI, Service Corporation International, their funeral company. And it says, SCI's management seems fairly open with investors. For many years, much of the company's growth came from buying family-run funeral companies. Uh, It says, uh, okay, I'm trying to find the part it says here. It says, if you go back in this industry, and particularly with SCI, year to year, you would see the numbers of deaths. Probably in one year, you might be down 1% or 2%. In the next year, you're up 1% or 2%, which you could predict was pretty good accuracy over a year and over a big footprint like ours, what was probably going to happen. 2020 comes along, COVID game changer, right? It says we're having to do at one point of time 20% more funerals, which is unheard of in a year versus, let's say, a year or two before. So Service Corporation expected that once COVID passed, its business would go back to normal. What we would expect is, and this is a quote here: Why wouldn't we go back towards, say, let's say a 2019 level? Maybe you will get a percent or so growth of, in 2019. Uh, I would expect that. So, what would be a reasonable level that we would think would stabilize? And is, and that's, you know, kind of what we anticipated. So they figured after COVID, one eh, or two percent growth, one either way or, or retraction. That's not what happened. Here's what they're saying now. The quote is from the article, what we're telling you is the third quarter of this year, 2022, we did 15% more calls than we did in the third quarter of 2019. That is not what anybody would have anticipated, and that has just a very de minimis amount of COVID deaths emphasized there. Da, da, da. So he co- says, COVID is gone, but why do people keep dying? <laughs> Gentlemen, COVID is gone. Why are, why are funerals up like crazy? What's What's changed? Are we thinking? Are we still there? So oh,
6: are you asking me? Or are you asking I'm asking yes. both of
1: you. So so the COVID COVID's gone. COVID's, you know, we've, is gone. COVID is basically, with those of us that are immune are immune. And this is what we're telling you is the third quarter of this year, we did 15% more calls. So females are up 15%, but COVID deaths are not from COVID itself. So what's going on?
2: The long-term effects of the vaccination. Regeneron stock mm-hmm. pre- Regeneron chart pattern is about the same as the uh, Gilead.
0: It's Ooh. up to How- seven seven
2: twenty six, and back in two thousand eight, it was about about eighteen dollars. How about Pfizer?
1: It? Can you give us Pfizer's uh, financial track? Anytime. Oh, yeah. I, take it. No, I'm pretty, you know, I appreciate but, the work guys, you do. This is continue,
6: great. Guys, guys as, you, guys, as you continue, I wanted to mention to you, I opened the Bible just now, listened huh. to you, and it said, their silver and gold won't save them on that day of the Lord's anger. Huh.
1: How do you do this? Do you, you it, just literally I, I open up say. a Bible at random, and, and you just pick a passage? How do you find these things?
6: I just open it at random. I mean, it's something I'm thinking about and or something that's being discussed, and and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's God's view on what's being, you know, what's, what I'm thinking about or what's being discussed. And I tell you, that's his view. It op- I open straight to that. Their silver and gold won't save them on that day of the Lord's anger. It will neither satisfy nor feed them, for their greed can only trip them up. They were proud of their beautiful jewelry and use it to make detestable idols and vile image. Therefore, I will make all their wealth disgusting to them. And, and it continues on. So, no, that's you know, that's plenty. That's, deep, that's, you know, that's it's, perfect. It's, no, it's that's seven, fascinating. Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, here's what it says here. So, it yeah, says, so
6: that's the same Bible. Yeah, yeah. That's the same Bible that that
1: tells me that Malone is no good.
2: <laughs> so anyway, so that's why you know I'm like. Oh,
1: no, no. Man, it's, listen, never, it's uh, it it's wrong. fascinating. <laughs> I've never thought to do that. Just randomly open the Bible when I'm thinking about something and see what it says. That's that's that's, that's incredible. Anyway, here's a, here's well, another I little, little paragraph from the article. What,
6: God talks to everybody a different way. God yeah. talks to everyone a different way. He knows I like to read. You know, he might talk to you in a different in a different way, or you know, to another person in a different way. You don't have to, you know, do usually a bike ride. He does. Yeah. Well, there you go. Usually,
1: yeah. Bike rides and car drives. When I'm moving, I'm when I'm moving and I'm happy and I'm in my zone. You know, I, I'm more uh-huh. more receptive to the messages. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: That's when I get them. Interesting. Well, it says no, here, in no, any case, no, you know, I, listen, I appreciate it. That's fascinating. I meant to ask you that the whole hour. Uh, the article says, in, this is Alex Baronson. He says, in any case, the United States is hardly alone in seeing a large and so far unexplained spike in deaths in 2022. Countries from Germany to Australia to Taiwan are seeing similar trends. They all have something in common. No points for guessing what. <laughs> it says, in any case, service corporation is expecting businesses to stay good for years to come. This is the, the spokesperson. He says, these trends are hard to reverse quickly. I hope three, four, five years from now will subside a bit, but I don't think there's any time soon. So the death business is going crazy. So it's time to buy stock in funeral companies. Can you track uh, Service Corporation International, Pianchi? I'd be curious if you can go back a, a couple of years on that one. See what, see what Pfizer's doing did not do
2: didn't, Pfizer wasn't doing as well as the other ones. Even today, it's only at 46.22.
1: Did they split their stock a few times? They would have been paying a lot of dividends, though. Hmm. You mean paying off, as in payoffs? <laughs> I bet you they're paying off a lot of dividends, too. <laughs> Remember when the, the, the CEO of Pfizer uh, couldn't go to Israel because he hadn't had his own jab yet? <laughs> that's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't take this. They know it's poison. They just sell it. They don't. Uh, they don't have to take it. All right. Anyway, so Jay. Well, uh, there's
2: some hanky paint going and all that stuff. Yes. Uh, you, if you don't believe that, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's some telephone calls that's uh, being made, telling uh, friends and that what's coming coming along down the pipe and you
0: mm-hmm.
2: even where we are in 2022 when you have the ability to look back, do some, what they call backtracking. Yeah. Backdoor,
1: we, yeah we knew it see then.
2: where uh, a lot of volume activity start having, which caused the price to go up.
1: Yeah. But that's the crazy part is we knew this back then that this was all, uh, uh it was a government hoax. COVID's not a hoax. COVID's real where the origins of it, I think, are, are a hoax. I think it came from the, the Walter Reed lab. Uh, it was gain of function of, of SARS-CoV-1 uh, released to, to sell vaccines. I mean, you know, as Dr. Shiva explained one day, that uh, medicine is now personalized. It's one-to-one. You know, what do you need? Messenger RNA was supposed to be a vaccine tailored to, specifically to the individual, but it didn't work that way. So the big pharma thought they, they can't make money tailoring things individually is too expensive. So the last place in medicine of one size fits all medicine is, you guessed it, vaccinations. Everything else is tailored to the individual, and therefore more expensive, and therefore more detailed, but so much more effective. <clears throat> so you can go to the Federal Trade Commission and say vaccines are not safe and effective. That would then make it false advertising. Ooh.
6: You know, you know, when you mentioned Walter Reed, there was something I, I wanted to mention that popped in my mind. You know, when when uh-huh. whole hypermectin hi- started, I got, uh-huh. it, I got it. I got it. I uh, got on Twitter. I come, uh, he was saying he was from Sinaloa, Mexico, connected mm-hmm. with me. And he said that he wanted to give ivermectin to you know, the army there and to the police. And he, and, and so he wanted to know more about it, but then mm-hmm. he got real weird and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then he kind of twisted and, and he sent an email to me. I mean, a, a picture to me of, a of a dog with a, having a cesarean with the puppies lying there. And, and then also a picture of, of a snake with, you know, cut open with um, their, the baby snakes lying there. And, you know, I, I I never knew that snakes came from, you know, I thought snakes came from, from eggs, but later I found out that, you know, that some do, you know, some are actually born like that. And right. uh, I guess he chose that snake. But I took that as a threat um, against me and my children. And, and then what he did, he sent me a phone number to call him. And the phone number wasn't from Sinaloa, Mexico, but it was from the Annapolis, Maryland area. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's interesting.
6: Yeah, so
1: that's where the the the, where the Navy Academy is. Um, what's the big uh, what's the big medical center in Washington? What's what's the big VA hospital? What's the hospital all the presidents go to? What's that one? Walter Reed. Is that Walter Reed? I thought Walter Reed was North Carolina.
2: Well, I thought
1: all the big hospitals the the president go to Walter Reed. Okay, so on January fifth.
2: On January 5th, Moderna was selling at 1870. It opened hmm. at 1870. Uh-huh. And January 5th, January the 6th, Jesse, January 6th. Then now it's up around uh, 130, 130, about 130 something. But it jumped like hell around the time of Joe Biden.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that January 6th, 2021, when the, the deep state created an insurrection in Blaine? January 2020. Uh-huh.
2: January 5th, 2020. Uh, it was high of $21. Right. Then a year later, it began to really pop up. It actually, it started popping up in
1: April. Okay, so 2020, 2020 is different, all right? So 2020 is when we had the presidential election, the one that was stolen. 2021, January 6th, is when we had the, uh, the, the, the coup by the deep state who blamed Trump supporters, you know, which they needed as a distraction. So let's go back to January 5th of 2020. Most of us didn't know about COVID. I'd already had it at that point, because if you remember my show, and I've still got the recordings, I had it the last week of December, 2019, first week of, uh, of uh, 2020. That's when I had it. We didn't know what it was. I was still Moderna's
2: working. been walking up. Moderna's been walking up since February the twenty third, twenty twenty.
1: So when was the emergency declaration declared? When was the EUA declared? I think it was about I then. Didn't tell you that. Bet you it was about then. Uh, in fact, I've got it on my. Uh, I can look it up uh, pretty quickly here. Hang on. Give me a chance to move my studio stuff the around. The
2: price been going up even, it reached
1: a peak here just this July. <laughs> a heck of a well, peak, too. Uh, well, there were still mandates, then, right? 54. There were still mandates then.
2: A lot of buying, heavy buying.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm sure there was because, well, of course, they didn't know what's coming. See, the mandates are good for business. All right, let's call me a vaccine product liability bill. Let's go check this one out here. And it says, uh, let me get my emergency declaration. So this one gets rid of the emergency declaration. So this would Tuesday, March 17th is when the declaration of emergency was, which is two days after 15 days to start the spread, which was um, March 15th of 2020. Now, the stock went up in February before the declaration of emergency. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Yeah,
2: the throwing the sell off pretty heavy here just in uh, September.
1: Okay, that's because the mandates. There's are a gone.
2: lot of hanky-panky going on in this man. Oh, yeah. You know, well, look I, at there's this. Something,
6: there's something I, like, there's
2: something ahead, I
6: wanted to Jay. mention to you guys, you know, cuz you, you mentioned the whole thing about about um, you know, the the election being stolen and 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 there's something a story I got to tell you. Um, okay. In in July of twenty, and it's a long story, but, you know, it'll, it'll show you. It, this, is, this is very relevant but to what you just. saying. I guess I in, ju- in July of 2020, I was going to be on the phone with Donald Trump. Me and – it was like a group of doctors. Uh, I was the only lawyer in the group. It was like – there was Dr. Urso, another person. We were told that we were going to be on a call with, with Trump and Burks. And uh, it was July or, you know, June and July. But, but just before the, the phone call happened – uh, they changed it to, and then Pence and Burks's—I uh, mean, uh, P- uh, Pence's um, chief of staff just before the call was going to occur canceled the call. Now that chief of staff his oh. name is Mark Short, and he—he, he, we found out. So the next day, you know, the government bought 500000000 five hundred million, uh, five hundred, um, how many doses? It was, it was, it was like. I know it cost. It, it was like it was just ridiculous amount. They bought all their doses of uh, doses of of, of uh, remdesivir from Gilead, and mm-hmm. and this guy Mark Short he owned a lot of stock in Gilead, but what was uh, what was what what's interesting and how it connects to the whole connect election thing is you know I, I made I made a big stink about that you know that and and uh, and at one point I uh, I wrote an email to uh,
4: to one of my
6: college roommates. Uh, brother, and now his sister is is um, best friends with Kamala Harris's sister, and um, and so oh, that's interesting. I, I said, listen, you know this guy Mark Short did this, and I think it was to suppress ivermectin for, for, for Gilead, and huh. you know you should do something about it, and you know you know ivermectin should you know get get the word out about ivermectin. I was trying to get the word out about ivermectin, but like just a couple of days later, and this was just before the election, all of a sudden Mark Short changed. His his uh, his or, or he went against I guess you know with with the whole thing with with uh, Pence backing up Trump, you know he advised Pence not to back up Trump. So I tell you, I really think that they used that information instead of getting out, you know, the word about ivermectin. They used that to blackmail Mark Short. That's what I believe happened.
1: Why would they do that? Why would they blackmail him? What was he trying to do?
6: Well, he, he was trying to get the guy word. Who, he, he was the guy who uh, who told Pence not to back up Trump. So you know they they blackmail him. They say yes. Yeah, well, you
1: know. Pence Pence is the traitor that basically put uh, Brandon in the White House. By denying the Trump electors and, and by stopping the vote. That's what January 6th was all about. The whole purpose of January 6th was to put Congress underground, have a bunch of Trump supporters up top that they could blame for an insurrection when they're really tourists, you know, sitting up there trying to support a congressional challenge um, to the, the Brandon electors with Trump electors. That's what the whole purpose of January 6th. Yeah. So the real coup-, coup took place under the Capitol. So what the, but the problem is Mike Pence. Yeah. And what I find interesting is that you had a conversation. you were supposed to talk to Donald Trump, but then they steered you to Mike Pence. Mike Pence was the enemy. Yeah. Mike Pence was against Donald Trump. So what this what this proves to me that Trump was being cut out of the process at every step along the way. The you know the uh the coronavirus the White House coronavirus tax force and,
0: and, 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 and the truth be
6: told, listen, I am not I'm not a I'm not a Trumper. But I really think that he like he was cut out of the of the process. I think he I really you know, and, and I think what happened is that is that they uh, you know they yeah they cut him out and they didn't they didn't want Ivermectin get out to get out and uh, and they shut him down. And, no, they uh, didn't
1: want anything that was was going to work to get out except their plan, because their plan was what yeah. made them the most money and got them the most power and, and actually and killed and the most people. It
6: would have been people. great for him because yeah, yeah. it would have been great for him because he then he wouldn't have to have like you know pushed the vaccine and he was like okay he would have been like okay look and and he would have been elected again.
1: Well, no, if he was, was elected if he again. Had out, yeah, Trump was elected yeah. again. <laughs> You know, but here's what's interesting about this, though. You, you look at the along the way, the, the White House Coronavirus Task Force. The idea from that came from the Obama pandemic playbook. See, Obama gave to Trump a pandemic playbook, you know, in uh, January of 2020, okay, before the inauguration. That didn't go to Trump. Rejected it, but it, you know, Dr. Fauci picked it up. So Dr. Fauci's picked that up. The White House Coronavirus Task Force was in the pandemic playbook of Obama. So he's in on this. Okay, they were in on it because they needed the pandemic to get rid of Donald Trump. By having all these coronavirus, you know, voting rules, mail-in ballots, drop boxes, things like that, because it was unsafe for people to be outside. It's A bunch of crap. That's, how, that's one of the ways they stole the election. They stole it in so many ways. It's quite fascinating. Uh, and, you know, evil, just pure evil. But they had to cut Trump out of the process because Trump wanted hydroxychloroquine. That would have ruined all their plans. That's why they had to demonize him. And de- so that not only did they have to demonize hydroxychloroquine, they had to demonize Trump. Oh, he's got a uh, fish cleaner. You know, uh, he's putting uh, horse dewormers, you know, all all the lies that they told, right? You know, and so they did this to cut him out of the process. And I always remember when Fauci was at the stand, that little man, that hard little man, and Trump standing off to the side. Why would the president of the United States stand off to the side? They pushed him out. They pushed him out. They lied to him. They withheld information. And I remember Fauci saying at one point. In one press conference, and we're getting clicks on the line here, so I'm gonna, we'll end up here in a minute. But he said to one of the reporters who asked him a question about uh, you know, mandates and things like that, you know, Fauci said, I talk to governors all the time. And that, to me, was the big clue. I thought, why would he talk to governors all the time? Why wouldn't Trump talk to governors all the time? And the reason, I think, was because Fauci was coordinating the mandates and the lockdowns. That's why he talked to governors all the time. That was part of the process, the fear to create the need for, for vaccines and the need to uh, – and, and, the, and then for those that don't want to take them, the mandates. Anyway, Jang, I'll let you sum up. We're done for today. Uh, this has been fascinating. And right. uh, we need to do some work. Yeah. Get our vaccine bill out there. And let me it. know next time how you can help us with our legislation.
6: All right. We'll, we'll talk more. We'll talk more, Greg.
1: Okay. And do you have any contact information? Just... contact information, websites, anything you want to share with people?
6: Um, you can look me up on Facebook.
1: Okay. And,
6: good. <laughs> and hopefully Twitter will let me back on. and You can look me up there.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter. Now.
6: No longer there, yeah. but 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 now I'm no longer with this group, former Feds. But you you know anyone who wants to you know to to sue their employer, go to www.formerfedsgroup.org org and they can find some you know really in, useful stuff there.
1: Yeah, I wish I'd done this a few years ago <laughs> because there was an employer. Um, no, well, would, no. You
6: uh, can sue them. You know, I mean, it's it's you can you know it's it's better now to sue them because right now you know even the courts are starting to question the the uh, validity of the vaccines. And I, I think now this has nothing to do with is, vaccines, you know, though. Yeah,
1: but yeah. so formerfed.com. dot com. Been, what's the website? Formerfeds. Uh,
6: yeah, formerfedsgroup okay. It's it's dot org. Formerfedsgroup no,
1: Okay, sounds good. Let me let you go. It's been fun. We'll do it again soon. All right. Thank you. All right, bud. Thanks. There we go. All right. What a crazy day. Yeah. Um. This has been fun. <laughs> now tomorrow we start a little bit earlier. We go at uh, six a.m. Central Time, and so that's the big difference then. But uh, this has been this has been way too much fun. <laughs> I think I played everything I need to play, so we're good. Let me just do a couple things here, uh, and I'll see you back uh, tomorrow. Share the show, share the bills, and don't be afraid. You know, just don't, uh, because uh, uh, the truth really will set you free. <laughs> it just does. That's how it works. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.